I fart in the background, will it be able to pick it up? No, it'd Maybe. be great if you fart because then it'll he yeah, can edit it. I can edit all episode. the farts automatically. So if you fart so, and then you grab that fart on the editing, yeah, yeah. and then you isolate do that the fart. noise canceling. <laughs> yeah, it'll be like anytime we fart, it'll that just take one out. Well, Yo, anytime, I isolate my farts in the headphones. So I need a fart. We all, button, all, they all sound different. So. Honestly, that's the one feature that I would upgrade on this cast if we could have a fart button. Devin wants it for coughs and sneezes no, no, no. and that stuff. No, no, you misunderstand. No, no. I don't want to hit it so that it doesn't sound my farts. Oh, I want it, it'll make a sound. Okay. Fart sound effect that goes. Oh, we could definitely do that. We need a little bit of both. <laughs> I assure you, we could do that. I love two buttons right next to each other so that I can mispress one of them. So Did I'm you see man's eyes mind. light up when we talked about adding an actual fart button? <laughs> hey! I mean, I think that's what great podcasts do, right? What, fart buttons? They have little... <laughs> In the movies, Give that's how... one of those sound Like, when you watch a, a movie, then they have, like, a podcast, you know, they've got the little, like... Slide whistle. Hey, it's your boy! Crazy Ira the Douche. You wouldn't understand that. It's a Parks and Rec reference. You've never watched it. You've... Oh, that was Idiot. Parks and Rec. I was about to reference that. Guess what, guys? For my episode, I'm going to give you guys just Parks and Rec. I wish All you would. Right. 12 I really episodes. Would. I would love to rewatch it. The last episode is just tragic where they're doing the going away uh, Oh, now, like I, don't need, now I don't need to see I'm, it. I'm rewatching the last season, which I'm not a huge fan of, but uh, it's still pretty good. Well, anyway, in the last season of The Office, I'll say that. The Office is dog shit. I, I, people keep you? after a certain point. Oh, okay. People kept referencing the later seasons to me, and I literally didn't know what they were talking about. Like uh, I, after I stopped where watching. Andy gets intolerable. I didn't mm-hmm. get that. Far I, I think like you know once the the will they won't they Jim and Pam like once they get together yeah. I'm kind of off. Yeah, board. Niagara is the last mm-hmm, episode mm-hmm. that you really need to watch. Yeah, you know, weirdly, I think that's where I stopped watching. Yeah, not even intentionally. It just there's still some good stuff after that though. Uh, what I about like when uh, I like Gabe a lot? How about Will Ferrell? Was he good? Because he came right. for a while, yeah. right? I don't think I saw him on the show. Jim Did Carrey's they bring back Steve Carell? Wait, Jim Carrey's in it. Yeah, just Very for one episode. What? Oh, weird. Just for one yeah. Oh, this is like a gag? Yeah. <clears throat> Jim Carrey gag. I, I love any episode featuring Gabe. I love the episode where they go to his Who's house. Who's he again? Who's Gabe he is again? the the like shitty like men's rights activist uh, like incel chud that they hire as the <laughs> human resources. Chud. Dude, he's very good. He's I don't very, think very I... Good. He's actually... The uh, longest uh, baby. He's in a lot of podcasts I listen to, like the comedy ones. He's really good on those. No, oh, that dude's super funny. He is. I don't love his character, though. I'm not doing this fucking intro for you, dude. I, I tried to start it like he two times. And I know. Right tell, and you got really now, now I don't know how to start you it. You start it right now. You just, just do, do it now. It. We'll just cue you. Do, this, do the intro. Hey! <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back to the Horrible Podcast. This is uh, this is your host, Bluetster, this week. Switching up from Devin. He's a little sick baby. But we'll introduce those That's boys. not why, though. Uh, well, also, yes. This week is a little bit special. So continuing from uh, last week, the January theme, each boy gets their own episode where they get to pick all the movies that we watched this week and we get to host it because Devin's sick. No, just kidding, because we we chose that. So again, I'm Blutster, and this week we're going to be talking about three of my favorite movies of all time, uh, Akira from 1988, animated, and uh, the... I believe you mean Akira. I believe you mean Japanimation. Ah, Japanimation. And we've got Drive from 2011, another gem. And then if you're seeing the theme here in Neon Lights, we've got uh, Blade Runner 2049, and we'll talk about why... That so all three feature Ryan Gosling. Uh, I was Almost. actually joking about that. I was like, what if they did a live action Akira and Ryan Gosling? They were talking about doing that. They were. It's, it's been in talks forever. God, I think I it still is. It sounds stupid. They're probably asking for twice the budget of the original Akira. They're like, we can't afford well, a the, billion Well, the dude they were going to cast in it uh, was the guy from Tron Legacy, who is utterly <laughs> oh, forgettable. Oh, no, no, Boy. no, yeah. no. You say twice the budget, but it'd be probably way more than that. Akira has the... It's like an $8 million budget. Is that it? Akira, No. 
I'm pretty sure it's like hundreds of millions. No, Akira was not. one of the most expensive animated movies. I'll, of all look time. It up. I'll look it up. I think it's like eight million dollars. We'll figure it out. Uh, also, he hasn't introduced any of us. There's yeah. no way a 1988 animated film was a hundred million dollars. We'll talk no about it when way. I get to it, but it is one of the. It is. It actually. I think it's one of the most expensive. Of all I, I, it's what, it's the it's, most expensive animated film. I think, that, I think it's like eight million dollars. Uh, I think. Though. I think times ten. I think like eighty million. Yes. Personally, I think we just agree. Anyway, I think it's eight hundred. Anyway, it's big dog. Speaking of big dogs, Devster to my front. To my frontal, how are you doing today? You buddy? caught me off guard because I'm not a big dog. Actually, the uh, budget was one billion one hundred million yen. Oh, yeah, exactly. so I don't actually know what that uh, right huh. ten million, right? Well, no, if it's one billion yen, then that you, you, like you are right, hundred million. million. Yeah. yeah, I was way off then. We'll talk about it, but Dev, how you doing? Sorry, I'm a little dog now. I'm sorry. <laughs> now you've been demoted. You were a big dog earlier when you're confident. Know, and, uh, sure your about the now you're tiny dog. <laughs> your episode, man. You're the big dog. Um, <laughs> Now you get, I mean, you said it. I'm sick. I don't. I have very little to, to offer this episode, but I was happy to watch. These it only made, made five hundred fifty-three thousand yeah. at the box I saw office that too. in the U.S. I saw wow. that it really flopped as well. I mean, that's uh, well. I I almost wouldn't even call it a flop. I don't think they expected this to make money in the U.S. Oh, but that's this, this is a different US time. Box office, well, right? yeah, yeah, exactly. And this also that's you. US. He hasn't introduced you. Who are you? Yeah, let's I don't get know. Over to I'm it. sorry, man. In my my oh, hey. my scatty corner. How you doing today, buddy? So anyway, as I was saying. No, yeah, this this is this is this is a cool week. I think that you know this goes to show that all of our picks are going to be very different. But also, I think that we almost can't help but have like a, a theme running through our own picks. <laughs> yeah, and, I didn't and intend I, I think, that. No, I don't. I think that that kind of makes sense though, because I think this really showcases each of our tastes. I think that like you know with with Devin's movies, I could sense some similarity between all three, and I think this is uh, actually very similar. And I'm sure we'll get to a lot of that beyond just the Ryan Gosling thing. I think, right? Mm. He and, would be, and the obvious neon lights. We can agree uh, he would be in a cure if there was a live action. So, Dilly, how are you doing today, bud? Good, good. Uh, I'm, I'm loving your retro wave theme. This is uh, just, <laughs> this is just your, your a new retro to indulge wave. in your aesthetic. This I is fucking love it. These yeah, three movies yeah. put together basically like if they could form a human being is what Bluster wishes he was. In reality, <laughs> he's actually just a pile of. Film. I live through these uh, movies. I'm not nearly as cool as anything. I was actually watching a cure and I was thinking, man, I want to have uh, Connie does outfit. It's so tight. All right. Oh man, the, the fashion. That movie I gotta let the record show one billion yen is actually like just under ten million dollars. Oh, really? Okay. Yes. Okay. All right. Yeah. So you're actually an idiot, Buster. Yeah. So yeah. I was closest. I was an million. idiot too. I guess. Anyway, I was, I was right. I didn't even have a dog in that fight. But so. what about inflation? Uh, it's, it's got you there. We'll, we'll yeah, talk about it when we get to it. There is some interesting things, things about Akira's on. budget and production and everything. We'll get to it later. <laughs> You're gonna say Akira's butt. Um, you like, do too. see Akira's butt. Mm-hmm. So anyway, let's let's move on. Yeah. Uh, for those of you new to the show, of course, we have email and Twitter, all that fun shit. You can. Oh, you're gonna reach be reading us, us some emails, Brandon. Uh, no, you prepared I, for that? Did you prepare I, for your role tonight? I'm not prepared at all okay. for this role. I'm not. <laughs> but I'm saying that if you did email us and there was one in our inbox, somebody normally it would get read right now. Anyway. Typically, and I want to. I'm going to insert like a, a Google reading of, uh, you know, robot reading of emails Thank right you. there. That'd, that'd well, be amazing. This actually. also, like, I mean, we should say that if anybody skipped the last episode, we're yes. doing this now for for January. I hope we do this for other Januarys, but uh, it's it's the we picked anything yeah. goes edition. This is this is not explicitly horror stuff that we're talking about. Yeah. Although I think there's going to be some overlap with quite a few of these. We'll talk about uh, that. But but you know, it's just stuff that uh, a certain boy thinks is uh, worth the yeah, other certain yeah. boys watching. It's been, it's been good to switch it up. Too. It, it seems nice. like people are digging it. But yeah. I do want to point out if this is your first time tuning in for some reason, we normally do horror movies exclusively mm-hmm. we do them very face value where we we watch them and we we give the initial off the cuff response and of course that's why i love this these themes this month is because some of these movies even mine especially like first time watching them i didn't like them at all 
and it would not work for this for this cast normally. But Wait, you're a, saying that these three films? Akira is one of them. The first time I watched oh, Akira, I did, did not like it. Okay. And actually, each time I watch it now, I like it more every single time I watch yeah. it. Um, so anyway, let's just go ahead and get into it. I want to start with something a little light. Let's start with Drive. Do um, we really have a light one here? No, yeah, none no, of them are particularly so light. But yeah. it, it, Drive is the shortest, so let's just start with that. Um, yeah. I picked Drive. I was actually, this was my, my swing pick. I know, Dylan, you were struggling with one of your third movies. This was mine. I'm still struggling. I, um, like, I might just make the decision at the end here. That's I literally did that on the last cast. Under, under the gun, I picked Drive. So for me, I saw Drive in theaters. That was weird. Um, I saw Drive in theaters, and I didn't know what to expect. I wasn't sure if it was going to be Fast and the Furious or super violent. Um, but all I know is it had cars, and I like fucking cars. Putting my dick in the tail. I'm glad you beat everybody else to that. So. <laughs> Listen, you gotta own the message, you know. I <laughs> just got quick pause. I was gonna beat you off of it. <laughs> um, and I think that this movie kind of, as soon as I came out of the theater, it just kickstarted my love for just this style of music, this kind of outrun synthy mm-hmm, '80s mm-hmm. vibes, the neon lights, and just just driving at night with no talking. It's just one of my favorite things. Matt and I used to do that a lot at our old house. Yep. We'd just be like, hey, let's get out of the house and we would drive somewhere, right? We'd go to fucking Walmart or something. And this movie kicked it off for me and I think that we were talking about it while we were watching it, but it even kind of, I feel like brought that style to the mainstream. Oh yeah. And basically kind of jump-started the whole 80s retro wave just love. So this is is one of my favorite movies and even today it was great to revisit. So Man, since we're close on yeah. this one, why don't you introduce this one? Yeah, sure. Uh, so, Drive is about um, a guy who is actually a total psychopath who uh, meets up with an, a nice lady that lives in his apartment, and uh, they kind of become friends and maybe have something slightly romantic going on. Uh, she's got a son named Benicio. Um, come Del to Toro, find out, weirdly, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he actually plays the child. It's a very bold choice for the role. Convincing though. Uh, very convincing. I, I thought for 90% that it was a child and not Benicio Del Toro. <laughs> uh, there was one weird scene, though, where his his uh, CG'd out beard and mustache kind of came through a little. But anyways, so um, come to find out, she has uh, a husband that's in prison. He's just been released. He's played by Oscar Isaacs. I- Oscar Isaac? Or Singular, Isaacs? yeah. Okay, Oscar okay. Isaac. And um, yeah, he, uh, uh, Oscar Isaac's character, Isaac... Character. Oh, God, fuck. <laughs> now you're really tripping up on this. Well, I'm really thinking about Isaac and Isaacs. Anyway, and the point is, he got into some bad shit. He needs help. Uh, Ryan Gosling, uh, on the side, he, he he's kind of like a stunt driver, but on the side, he does driving for uh, bad people. You know, he, he says in the movie, I don't carry a gun. I don't do this or that. I just drive you to and from a place. I'm very good at it. Uh, but they get into some shit. Everything goes wrong. And from there, uh, we, we witnessed the birth of a horror villain. Absolutely. I love, I love how this movie starts. It's just him basically giving the, the kind of phone over the, the phone. This, his is, spiel. this is a great way to start this movie, I think, because it really interestingly, like it, 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 it sets something up, but it's almost a bait and switch. It's like, here's what you maybe think you're going to get into, which is a movie about a guy driving people a lot. And that's not, ultimately what this right. ends up being about but stylistically it sets it up perfectly and I mean, of course we've got great music from the beginning and but, i think it sets up his character a lot like yeah. it basically gets you in motion of what kind of person he's going to be the things he's going to get into and the kind of skills he might have the opening scene sets it up uh sets it i don't know if it sets it up really well it sets up a movie really this, well this is what i'm I saying it, it, i think it, it's sort yeah. of a bait and switch yeah for sure and mm-hmm. I, I think that's that's like i i notoriously like when i i first saw this uh i think uh, your brother devin uh, recommended it to me 
and I went and saw it, and then the next day took my brother and my dad to go see it because I was so fucking head over heels. Yeah, and, and brothers it. love this, yeah. and they hated so. it. My my brother and my dad hated it, and it's, it's funny so because on, on the night before your wedding, or uh, maybe two nights before, we were all like having dinner together, and your brother just really out of nowhere brought up drive and how much he hates drive and we were all talked it the whole so table the whole table just, was like what i blocked it. it out of my mind what, I, I think like it. if you go into this movie and by now like everybody listening to this has probably heard of or seen yeah, this movie yeah. but like when it came out it was very there was much a lot of talk about mismarketing yeah it kind of yeah. looked like it was going to be a fast and the furious movie or something yeah. like that or a heist thing maybe even kind of heat vibes uh since yeah, it's set in yeah, la yeah, and sure. it's about heisting yeah. and stuff and the opening really kind of sets that tone like it, it yeah. has the really like hollywood cool of just like here is a heist going perfectly here's a guy who drive real good and get you to place real good <laughs> and just like cargo. truly an outstanding opening scene that is mm-hmm. uh using like chromatic stick of the clock to like hit this like kind of background of that's like, a song yeah mm-hmm. uh, to mm-hmm. and it's also like a literal tick of the clock like to yeah, kind of get yeah, you yeah. in the the idea of like the time I lo- passing I love just here. the ticking of the his watch he puts his watch yeah. on his steering wheel you can just hear it the whole time just so so super tense and so 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 stylish of ryan gosling just looking cool and you know evading the cops like nobody's business uh in a perfect heist and then you know fucking kavinsky's night call hits and like i'm I'm naming all these things because i know them because like the soundtrack is this movie made you know them bananas but yeah uh but it really sets this tone of like oh here's cool dude doing cool things and that's actually not at all what this movie's about Uh, uh, I think you get your first hint even really early on in the movie is something I, I, we kind of talked about while watching it because we just watched this together minus Devin but uh, just like uh, an hour ago or whatever but at the beginning of the film um, you see his uh, apartment and they, they make a point of like kind of showing you a lot of his apartment um, and it, it, it kind of that they show it to you because it's very dark and dingy and it's the, he's got just a mattress on the floor and you're like what? What is a table. this? How no, does no how, art, nothing anywhere, just manuals and, and, and you know. And I, I think that in some movies that would be presented to you as being kind of like cool or mysterious, but in this, I think you're supposed to immediately get the sense that like something is weird about this guy. Well, it's funny how this this movie has has changed as I've gotten older. Like you you realize how strange he is from the beginning, yeah. And it just grows and grows and grows because when I was a kid. You see his minimal apartment, like, oh, that's kind of neat. You know, he, whatever. He just cares about cars. It's, it's not minimal like you see on right. like, Instagram. As a kid, it's minimal, it's like, stripped down. It's literally There's nothing. Me. It's a prison It's cell. a psychopath's yeah. you know, room. It yeah. is. This movie is basically like what if uh, Taxi Driver was in, you know, the the yeah. mid-2000s. And, mm-hmm. uh, and and I think it, it, it also hits this, like, I say mid-2000s, but there's, there's something incredibly timeless about this movie, despite the 80s trappings and aesthetic and everything. This I was most worried about that. feels really like a neon noir movie. Like, it, it it's, uh, it's not so much a crime movie it's not so much a heist movie it's just kind of about a guy getting into trouble and having to get out i think i think i'm glad you brought that up because this movie going back to it one of the things i was most worried is that this movie was going to be style over substance and like it's so close to skirting that line where everything is just oozing and interesting and there's so much music where like it almost feels cheap it's almost there but i feel like Refn, the dude that this fucking weirdo that made this movie just was always so calculated with everything with the music the visuals, the, the the colors, just the shots, it just worked. Uh, we were talking about this a, a bit, and uh, there's the scene, um, uh, Under Your Spell is the name of the song that's playing. Mm-hmm. And uh, it, it's a really great scene, and Dylan pointed this out, that a lot of the times in, in this movie, they use music as a replacement for dialogue. Yeah, and so they, this movie's pretty quiet, they actually. They use you know music and, and visuals to sort of create the scene and create the feeling. And I think that that's part of, I, I think, you know, there's a lot more to it than that. It's probably on a technical level that I sure. can't, you know, sit and break apart right here. 
but the point is like there's a ton of movies that try to ape this style and there's a lot of movies oh, that yeah. we, we've seen especially you know after this and more recently that kind of we were joking about the strangers we, we were joking about strangers pray at night it's like they've got one of the most amazing 80s uh you know soundtracks and some of the best eight, like uh, the bonnie, bonnie tyler part, bonnie tyler uh, can save any occasion any moment yeah, but except, not that movie yeah <laughs> but it's, it's not it's not anywhere near as effective and i think that the reason for that is that it it it's not just picked haphazardly. Well, I think also the the soundtrack wise, what works so well too is that it's not '80s music. It's, it's no, stuff no, no, that, no, no, no. It's that has that '80s vibe to it, but also feels right. timeless and, and out of place because it is basically like associated with this movie. Like, yeah, it's, yeah. it's not pulling old Bonnie Tyler songs. It's doing something. You know, well, that's the thing too is that at, new. you know at the time it, it wasn't like the, these were not super famous right. songs. What's weird is these bands are all like established and and like make arguably legit- because of this movie, right? The, the, this movie jettisoned them, but like it wasn't. I, I don't even know if they made these tracks for this movie. It's just weird. Well, how- no, I don't think so. Mm-hmm. Especially like like Kavinsky, that whole album right. was already out, and after the movie, of course, we like sought it out. But course, even yes. even right when the movie came out, like the album wasn't really doing that well. But soon after, it was like you know doing really well. But anyway, so well, one thing we've kept hinting, we we've hinted at a lot, is that Ryan Gosling in this movie is insane, and his, his character, I should say, Gosling just does a good job, uh, you know, acting in this movie. But basically, as the movie goes along, you you get the impression that he is almost like this, just uh, the 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 typical Hollywood hero, just taken to the extreme, taken to its like logical conclusion, where he does things that he thinks are right. But only you would only go to this extreme if you were a fucking lunatic. Well, I, I think what works really well about that is that he is basically a Hollywood hero. He's just in a fairly realistic world mm-hmm. and everybody's reacting around him to what you know we would generally consider like Hollywood hero shenanigans. You start to think, <laughs> holy, this guy's kind of fucking insane. Like, yeah, this guy's maybe a psychopath and yeah. not in the like whippity woo. I'm Jared Leto as the Joker kind of psychopath. But like. <laughs> But along the lines of like this brooding weirdo, like I'm looking at him and I'm like, ooh, Ryan Gosling's really handsome. But I'm also not thinking about how he's just not fucking responding to anybody yeah. or right. talking correctly. Yeah. Like he's walking. He has, he has in that a like way. mysterious charm, and and you know you can see why uh, the, the love interest kind of falls for him. Well, but it's fucking Ryan Gosling. He's just naturally attractive. Sure, and, and but you could handsome. also see why that that like weirdness could be appealing. Right. Um, because you know, is that like this like calm, collective coolness, or is he a psychopath? It's hard to say for a while. But I think uh, Dylan pointed out uh, his favorite scene in the movie, and yeah. I think what seeing it again, I think it became yeah, it might be all of our yeah. favorite scene, uh, an elevator scene where, in a typical movie like this, he kind of pushes her aside and they kiss, and then he he beats the guy up, right? And in most movies, you know, he pushes gun away and he beat him up and leave him there and whatever. But he just put, turns this dude's skull into paste into on the floor. And the look that she gives him, the look that he gives her, they both know. Like, for him, it's almost like this, like, did I do a good job? He, and he yeah. looks like a dog that just took a shit and is looking through its <laughs> owner like, for validation. Right. Like, and, did and, I do and, it right? And she's just horrified. Well, and, <laughs> and the movie itself almost plays moments like that with that kind of cool. And you could absolutely read this movie as like, isn't it fucking neat that he gets his revenge and, like, kills some people? But... On kind of every watch that I've gone through on this one, and I've seen this movie a lot of times, but yeah. every time I go through, I see how much more intentional it is to yes. to put through the idea that this, I, I think this is unstable, this is not well, right, plus, this is not a good guy. Necessarily. You, you realize how, like, with the first time I watched this, I thought, okay, this, you know, Gosling got himself in a bad situation, he's wrapped up in all this stuff, and he's just kind of 
following it through the ride yeah but when you watch this movie again you realize that he constantly puts himself in these situations intentionally (laughs) he goes out of his way to be able to murder people there's there's a part of the movie where he's like you know trying to convince them like hey i'm just gonna give this money back and we'll we'll call it quits and i i I brought (laughs) this this question i was like you know do you guys think if he if they agreed to it would he go there just give them the money and call it quits and I would I would almost say no. I think he would go there. I think he would instigate more shit. A hundred percent. Yeah, probably. Cool, because he he doesn't have anything other than either driving or killing, and yeah. those are the two things he's good at, and doesn't really have much of a character outside of it. Yeah. And in a lot of movies, I would think, oh, that's just a one dimensional character. But I think that's a hundred percent what they're trying to go for here. And and what I think Ryan Gosling is pretty aces at is playing this kind of like brooding anti-hero who at first glance really looks like a hero and we're going to see him in a different role tonight uh, with with one of his other movies but he does this really well he's an actor who I think doesn't get enough kind of recognition for how good he is and a lot of that is because he makes it look really effortless because he doesn't do a lot of heavy lifting he just kind of does this stuff with his facial expressions and I mean maybe people who say that he you maybe know, 10 lines in this movie yeah, he doesn't really do yeah. anything but i but i do think that that's underselling what he's doing yeah i mean to that point you know uh dylan kind of touched on it but there's not a lot of dialogue in this movie and that's one thing that i appreciated even more on this viewing like you know you can almost just remember all the lines of dialogue right just it's, watching it's it weird once. but they do so much i mean we talked about the music already but they do a lot with the camera too to tell you the mm-hmm. story one of my favorite scenes it's a super low-key scene but when standard uh his love you know gosling's love interest comes back from prison he has, he yeah, has a party yeah his love interest yeah he wants to fuck Isaac or Isaac. <laughs> i would fucking watch her that. husband yeah i would watch that irene, in a second. Is, yeah. is irene thank you uh irene's in the hallway and gosling comes out he has a just he just rebuilt a carburetor Stellar. he's gonna go put yeah, it back on his house scene. and it's just this hallway scene where there's an exit sign behind gosling and then just the the door to the party where irene is sitting and the entire time it's zoomed in on her and you just see the door in the background and it's just sitting there nothing's going on and you know deep down that their that their connection is like a little dirty, right? Because she has a husband who was away, and even though they you know they probably never did anything, like you're nervous to see that door open. You don't want it to get interrupted by standard. You like you don't want him to know about this, and like the entire time he's just holding it, and it's just like a weird little bit of tension. Another uh, thing that I, that I really liked about it that that I think kind of like sets it apart a little bit is that like standard uh, Oscar Isaac's character is like so not what I expected like I remember watching the movie and thinking oh here comes the boyfriend you know he's gonna start a fight and whatever but he's not like that like you get the sense that maybe he's a little threatened by uh well, yeah uh, Ryan Gosling but he's not he's not uh Ryan Gosling's character you know he's yeah. not like he's so um he, he's he's really amicable about the whole situation he's and when he says thank you for for taking care of like benicio and stuff he seems sincere about it right gosling's the one that makes it and weird. they all kind of get together and they all kind of have this these nice little dinners and it makes you think like man this this could be a nice like beautiful story if, if ryan gosling <laughs> wasn't a psychopath yeah yeah uh, if, a, a weird only. friendship between these people but uh that's not how it goes haven't you been pretty mum what's up i got besides I mean, being on the verge of death i'm doing my my personal Ryan Gosling impression of Indurai. Yeah, you're doing a great job. Dude. It, dude. <laughs> so you're going like, to like not as handsome as Gosling. I'm sorry. Oh, I know. I'll smirk at you guys and say this one word. pajamas. I don't know. I, I, anytime I talk, I get more and more nauseous. So I got to be, I got to choose my words wisely. Can't wait till you vomit into the microphone. <laughs> this is the movie that I've seen the most out of all the, I've only, if, this, this is the movie I had seen previous to this episode. Um, and I've seen it multiple times and, and it's, it's up my alley. I mean, this is, um, for me, a perfect balance of, of, um, I don't know, 
artsiness and yeah. and uh, groundedness. And mm-hmm. and I feel like there's so many points in this movie, like you were saying, where it could have leaned in either either direction and too much, especially the artsy one. Yeah, and I think sure. we've heard uh, you've expressed that Nicholas Ruffin ha- did kind of. Yeah, only God forgives his, his other movies. Even of, Bronson are just weird and bizarre. Yeah, yeah, so I'm happy that this one struck the right balance in it. And it and it for me is in the same vein as all the movies I like and some of the, that I chose last week. Any kind of like Michael Mann movie or yeah, sure. after after Crime seeing movie. Heat and watching this again, I was like, oh shit, there's a lot of DNA. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. So this one is for sure. Um, and no spoilers, but it's definitely the one that I that, that I resonate with the most, uh, or re- nice. resonates with me the most of the, of the three we chose. Um, but if I say any more, I'm gonna throw up. So <laughs> perfect. I did rewatch it two hours ago too, and it stood up uh, again. It was amazing. Um, it, it's definitely one of my one of my favorite movies. I mean, if you want to just Damn. review it, so you don't have to barf. I'm going to. Hey, I'm buddy, gonna... I'm the host. Leave it to the pros here. Leave it to the big dog. Dad, mm. you want to give your review? Yeah, that's it. <laughs> I'm getting hot right now. Strong, Listen, I, got, strong. I got a trash can behind us. Perfect. Strong Jim. <gasps> um, and I mean, there's no mistake why I, I've seen this at least six or seven times by now. It's amazing. Cool. Okay. Um, I'll, I'll go ahead and follow up, Dev. I think that I'm glad you brought up, you know, Refn because his other stuff, it, it almost doesn't you hate feel. Only God forgives. Notoriously, yeah, hate I, it. I, I will rewatch it one of these days, and maybe I'll change my mind. But I love. I'm starting to really like Neon Demon, and I really liked Bronson. And his other movies don't feel very much like this. I mean, you you can tell that there's a similar craft and quality mm-hmm. between them all, but they're also thematically different. And I mean, the visuals might be you know borrowed, but this movie reminded me probably the most of. Bronson, even though it looks very similar to Neon Demon, it's just that there's just a lot of weird music that it just feels like it wouldn't work. But but I, I feel like this is the most uh, restrained Refn, where he was seriously like, "What if I just made a movie that had a clear yeah. clear through line <laughs> yeah. and br- you know brought my own talents to it?" And bam, you get this. And I think that this movie uh, we talked about it while we were watching, but I think it's really stood the test of time, and I think it's going to keep doing that because of just how well made it is. It's just. It, it definitely leads into its music. It leans into its style that it, I feel like it helped popularize and bring back. And it's kind of important in that way. But it's just so fun to watch. I mean, it just if you are into driving at all, like if you've ever driven a car and gotten any enjoyment out of it, I feel like you're going to love like some of the driving scenes in this. If you're into music, I mean, there's just a shit ton of it. It's just like just everywhere in this movie. There's all kinds of great little details. And every time I watch it, I feel like I appreciate a different scene more. Like before I came into this, I thought my favorite scene was in the the hotel room where Gosling just mm-hmm. mows two guys down. Yeah. He's covered in blood, and he just slowly creeps out of frame behind a door frame. I'm like, that's sick. Uh, the amount of time that that shot lasts is it just is holds. perfect. Yeah, and I feel like that's right where the movie's just like, hey, this is going to be a slasher film here any minute now. Um, but then I watch the elevator scene, and that 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 mo- that scene takes the cake. It's the best. Um, yeah. This movie is great. I, I I love it more every time I watch it, and it's just it's a movie that I feel like you can give a hundred percent attention to and, and, and love it so much, or you can be like we were tonight and kind of chatting and then just tuning in for our favorite points and, and, you know, kind of coming in and out. It's just such a, a great movie to have around. I guess you could say it's an absolute gem for me. Um, Dylan, what do you think? about? There's a, a reason that this movie is going to be remembered, I think for years and already, you know, is kind of seen as a modern day classic because it truly is. This is a, a combination between like being incredibly calculated and effortless at the same time. Like there's yeah. this, there's this vibe that this movie nails, absolutely nails that so many other movies that we've seen since have tried Mandy. for Mandy. Yeah. And, <laughs> Ooh, and wow, failed. I, I mean, this movie, honestly, truly. I, yeah, no, I, was I thinking it's, it, it's, 
if Cosmos Pasmatos understood that movies are meant to be watched and maybe even enjoyed. Well, yeah, and that, that's, that's exactly <laughs> it. Dev is, saved his precious words for that. <laughs> this, this movie is art house, but it is yes. not also afraid to be a movie. And yeah. Like, and, yeah. And it, it, it I'm is, glad you say that. Yeah. It, it's just, it, there's no fat on this entire movie. Like, there's not a scene that I would cut in any way no. differently. It is it is is pure in every sense, and uh, it's, it's one of my favorite movies. I... Just adore the shit out of this thing, and every time it's I watch tight. it, I like it more. Uh, one of the one of the best deconstructions of the Hollywood uh, myth that I've ever seen, uh, <laughs> and just uh, just an amazing movie. Uh, strong Jim, tight man. Uh, this is a tough one to go last on because I I really don't have much of anything to add. Uh, this is one of the few movies that I really don't see things in theaters twice, and I yeah. and I did go see this twice yeah, with Brandon. Yep. Um, and, great great uh, watch in the theater. Oh yeah, I so I sick. knew at the time I, after I saw it the first time. From the moment night call starts bumping, you're like, okay, yep, let's go, yep, yep, no doubt. And I and I knew after I saw it in theaters, I was like, I have to see this again again before it leaves theaters because I will regret it if I don't. And uh, yeah, I I wish I would have seen it again. And I think this is gonna be one of those ones that like. It's going to be like a cult hit. This is going to be one of those ones that shows at our local theater at midnight when they do sure. their like and I'm gonna you know, go see cult again. films. And it's it's going to be one. Um, and I'll be there because uh, it, it's really good. I, I don't I, I don't think it's necessarily perfect. And then I might have some small nitpicks, but they really don't matter because it, it's just it's cool. And it's also such a like Dylan said, it's like the deconstruction of cool yeah. at the same time. And uh, it, it does all that really well. Uh, so, yeah, it's a strong gem. It's funny because of the three, this is the only one I can't nitpick because I just love it so much. Yeah. I have such rose colored glasses that. for this movie. Like Akira, I can t- I can take criticism. I, I think that Blade it's, Runner um, even too. I, I think that it's like, <clears throat> you know, it it doesn't it like something like Blade Runner sets out to do so much. Right. And, right. And and then this movie doesn't set out to do a ton, but it's okay because what it does set out to do, you feel yeah. like it it's yes. accomplishing its goal. It's definitely the the the, the thinnest of them all. Um yeah. so let's move on. Let's talk about the next ones. Um I want to do Akira next because I feel like Blade Runner to me was kind of the big pick this week. So I want to right, do Akira yeah. in the middle. Big dick pick. Um, Akira is such an interesting movie for me. I watched it a long, long, long time ago. and I mean, you and I probably watched it as kids like yeah. on tape or something. Oh, yeah, absolutely. absolutely. I think you got a VHS copy. You're like, hey, Akira, I've heard this is great. Let's put it on. Right. We probably yeah. watched it on the 12-inch TV in your parents' uh, <laughs> yes, upstairs. Did, yes. And, and then I, all I remember is, man, that weird monster at the end. That's fucked up. Yeah, um, pretty much. That's about right. So this is a movie. I was talking to Doctor Pat about this recently, but this is a movie that definitely would not work on this cast. You know, we we try to be very face value. This is one that, for me, has taken repeated viewings, and re- when I say repeated, I mean ten plus to get to the appreciation I have now. And I recognize it's flawed, but it's it's just it's it's stayed one of my consistently favorite movies for probably the last five years that it had to come into this cast. So. Akira, obviously it's animated and it's one of my favorites because it's just so gorgeous. There's just so much painstaking detail in the animation. Every single scene is just deep and rich with just layers and layers and layers of just hand-drawn gorgeous animation. And we were we were bickering about the budget earlier. I, I thought it was much <laughs> higher, but it's all on the screen. This is a stunning look. Yeah. Yes, contextually, like to to be fair to you, I I think that it it at the time was like the most expensive like hand drawn when film. it came out in eighty eight. Yeah, from what I've heard, like this was basically at the peak of of hand drawn animation. They were they were gunning for the stars because anime was really picking up across yeah. the world. There and is apparently like, a little bit of CG in it. Really? Yeah, I'd be curious to talk about that. Um, but basically, when they went to go get the budget, they're like, hey, we need the most you've ever given yeah. and everyone was very skeptical <laughs> basically they're like we want all of it we want all the budget yeah and yeah. 
and everyone was skeptical, but they got all this funding and it was this just massive bloated project. And it just, I, I remember, I remember hearing that it went like over timeline and everything because they just, I'm sure they insisted that everything was painstakingly detailed. They did higher frame rate than normal. They did lots of dark, rich colors. And this is apparently just a fucking monstrous movie to make. And they were banking on it. Like, I guess succeeding all over the world. And of course we will talk in over a time. I think it, but it didn't. Did, yeah. But... Today it's, it's cult status. So, Akira for me is one that it, it just it's so rich and every time you watch it it just gets more and more juicy um, <laughs> Dylan, literally yeah actually. Dylan I'm very curious uh, I give you drive right sorry sorry yeah. okay yeah, yeah. Dylan tell us about Akira yeah uh, Akira is like like Blutes I think I came around to this one in the like heyday of middle school anime where everybody yeah. was into it and I couldn't understand why uh, but I was trying so I watched uh, Akira and Metropolis I remember in the same weekend uh, oh Metropolis is gorgeous uh, yeah not a great movie but it's it's uh, it's really pretty <laughs> uh, but this one uh, is one that I have I was eager to come back to because it's been a very long time since I've seen it and uh it is about uh, a, a biker gang in Neo Tokyo. Uh, the year is, I think, 2019. Yeah, 2019. Yep. Yeah. Spooky. Uh, I fucking love it. And uh, there has been a nuclear maybe disaster that happened in the past uh, and kind of made the city a little bit wild. There's still society. There's still Japan functioning, but it's also you know full of young biker gangs. Political whom, turmoil. Political They're turmoil. They're recovering from the accident. Yeah, uh, <clears throat> and our, our main characters in this semi-dystopia are uh, Kaneda and Tetsuo, these two bikers. Uh, Kaneda is kind of the, the leader of the biker gang. And Tetsuo kind of the also-ran, uh, who, uh, as they're attacking these these rival bikers, the clowns, Tetsuo almost hits a young old boy uh, <laughs> on the street and is captured by the military, who uh, figure out that there's something uh, incredibly powerful in him, an untapped psychic power that they tap, and shit goes incredibly wrong uh, as Tetsuo decides he's not going to be a good boy anymore, uh, and Kaneda has to stop him. That's Sakura. I know you'll, I know you'll, you'll joke about uh, Tetsuo a little bit later, but um, Tetsuo. I love uh, as soon as he hits that little kid, he basically somehow gets morphed by like whatever yeah. psychic powers he has. Well, and- I think, I think <clears throat> what's sort of implied is that the kid. The kid obviously does have psychic powers, but yes. I think that something happens between them that sort of awakens something it, it inside triggers of him. It, and they'll talk about it later. But it's essentially the force in yes. the movie's ca- canon. It, it yeah. literally exactly like it. because It's kind of in, in everybody. I think they even say that in Star Wars, like the forces and all of us. a military experiment that went wrong. No. That's what, that's what the... This is why you don't watch the dub. Come on. <laughs> no, no, no. no. I, 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 Devin's not... I read that in the synopsis. Devin's not wrong. Basically, I, I that's it, what started it. I, yeah. I admittedly had to pull out the Wikipedia for this movie to, to go it's to the It's convoluted. Plot. There's a lot it, of Yeah, it, it is. <laughs> it, it, it took me many viewings to understand it, but there's, yes. a, there's, a, there's a key point in the movie where... Um, what's uh, the main girl's name? Uh, Kay? Ray? Kay. Kay. Yeah. Okay. She, she was like... T- she's talking to Kanada, and she's like, you know, everybody has this power mm. within them. Right. Akira is like what's inside everybody, and that's what gives you sort of your drive and I love that's being projected to her from one of the other girls um yeah yeah the other psychic so basically dev dev's not wrong everybody has the power but the military discovered it in and the accident you'll find later they're, they're they've basically kidnapped they're, kids they're, and are keeping them in, yeah. in test using chambers. them as weapons it's like yeah. stranger things yep yeah straight exactly. up and, and to devon's point it's a mil- the military's experimenting on it as a weapon right basically right. the um, military is hiding a lot of different secrets <laughs> as we find out and we're also you know tracking through with the the colonel is that his, is he the colonel oh uh, yeah he's lieutenant lieutenant colonel yeah. yeah i don't think they call him anything whatever else. uh but he's he's big you know buzz cut dude uh <laughs> he's who, an absolute unit he is an absolute unit uh, who is also you know kind of showing us a perspective of you know the the kind of degrading uh i guess 
parliament. I don't really know what their their group is. Yeah, society is kind of crumbling, and and there's like a disjoint between like the government and the military. And mm-hmm. it's 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 like it's right an interesting on the backdrop. Yeah, I, I really like the world building in this movie a whole whole lot. Like yeah. I, I think the idea of a not quite dystopia or like the rebuilding after a dystopia yeah. is really interesting. It's just like, like mm-hmm. our current 2019. <laughs> yeah, that's still real. But like the idea that something horrible happened, society mm-hmm. banded back together, but couldn't quite get back on its right feet. Right. And yeah, shit's yeah. just teetering on the edge of falling apart again is this, really this a is, cool this setting. This is the stuff that, like, um, I remember as a kid, like, more more to like what Brandon was talking about. How you know we we rented this tape because, you know, I was I was kind of like looking into this stuff and I I heard that you know because you know I was watched Dragon Ball Z and all that sort of stuff. It was like everyone said you got to watch Akira. That's what you got to watch. I'm like okay. Right. So I put this on and I'm like dumb. This is boring. You know and. <laughs> You it get to the end. Is. You get it to the is, end, it and is. it's and it's cool. But I think that as you know, time has gone on, and like when I we watched this on uh, Saturday or Friday, like a lot of the a lot of the cool a lot of the uh, coolest things, the most interesting things are in the background, yeah. and they're kind of the yes. political yeah. stuff yeah. and yes. all this other things. And I think that it's on one hand, it's it's sort of the movie's credit. I think another movie we're going to talk about does this kind of stuff better. Yes. But um, I, I it does kind of make me wonder like how much was maybe cut uh, from the original source material for this because this is adapted from a manga that's what yeah yeah it's actually mean. adapted by the guy who wrote the manga which is kind of insane like I think he was a first time director when he did this one like he just he he wanted this to be his baby and you can see that because the level of care detail and love yeah. put into this thing mm-hmm. whether you like what it's doing or not is undeniable um, yeah but I, I love this this world building this background stuff and these these scenes like Manton was saying that when I saw this as a kid I was like oh boring fast forward to the stuff where we see titties or, or monsters yeah um like that's <laughs> the actually, one set of titties you see that's actually the stuff that i'm i'm really into in this yeah, uh, like yeah. the, the boardroom stuff is fascinating to yeah. me the idea of the world around this and like the mystery behind some of the government planning is is the best part of this thing and i actually wish this makes on the me second, wish you saw shin godzilla I, yeah i really want <gasps> to know shin godzilla <laughs> is this taken to the end on the second watch i i realized like i really wish this story wasn't about kaneda and tetsuo like i really wish that it wasn't about the the shit that happens at the end of this movie i wish it was just about this world because it's really intriguing and we kind of don't spend enough time there. I I, I, I agree I, and disagree. I want to get in on that point so bad because I agree with Dylan. And when I meant when I brought this movie up, it's totally flawed. And when I was watching it this time, I couldn't help but feel like the, the source material, the manga probably has all the juicy details yeah, that so. I want. And I totally recognize this movie almost doesn't work as just a linear, a linear story because there's just so much stuff going on. So many different pieces they're yeah. trying to have, but after you, after I've watched it so many times, uh, to me, Tetsuo and Kaneda are like they're almost like victims in this world, right? Yeah, they're so almost obviously they're the main characters and the main antagonists, but they're almost like kind of barely. They're 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 just kind of like they're side not characters, characters, honestly. Like, and that's that's one of my I'll, big issues with Kaneda and Tetsuo is they're boring as dishwater. Like Tetsuo uh, is just like say that. I'm mad at everything because people were not nice to me, and so I'm gonna literally commit genocide. And Kaneda is like, oh, I'm I'm horny boy, but also gotta save my BFF, and that's that's all they got. I, I, <laughs> you know what's funny? Like. I, this is a movie that I've known about my entire life, basically. It came out when I was born, little and, anime, I, and yeah, I was a big yeah. anime anime baby when I was, you know... <laughs> big anime baby. Big anime baby. <laughs> when he was born. When that was weird. Like, he came out of cartoon. Big old I mean, eyes. Kawaii. <laughs> but I've, I've been watching the anime since I was, you know, four or five years old, so I've known this my whole life, but 
until I just watched it yesterday. Like the movie to me with the posters and everything I've seen is about a dude named Akira who drives yeah, a motorcycle and yeah. saves shit. And watching the movie, I was like, when is this Akira guy going to be here? This guy's named Kaneda? What the fuck is well, going Akira on? Akira is a little boy that's so, been chopped into little bits. So you're so oh, right. Like it. I thought it was going to be good guy, bad guy. Good guy's Akira, bad guy's Tetsuo. There's so much other and shit there's happening. So much, yeah. I'm just like, whoa. And they're, they're barely, Kaneda's barely, Kaneda's not a character. He's, he's not barely a character. character but yeah. not, um, but yeah. He's a jacket. I, I love Devin's just off the cuff first time uh, watching. That's so I fucking was so funny. surprised. <laughs> you're, you're not wrong because so like, the the poster, like the iconic yes. poster of this, is phenomenal. Like it's, it's a great. great, great poster. It's got the big bike and it's got Akira uh, walking up to it and it says Akira underneath <laughs> yes, him. Uh, you think that this movie's about out of here. I, that? I, I, Same I, with I, your shirt. It's just a big thing of Canada, right? And it says Akira. Yeah, and yeah. it's usually the pill. For some reason, the pill is always well. That's because uh, it's on his jacket. It's great. It's just weird. The things that I are the iconography for this movie almost have no. Makes him yeah. seem like in the such a big character. I, I, I think really that, not. I think all that does make sense because I think that part of the reason I think this movie, really the biggest reason this movie works, is because of how it, how incredible it is on like a technical level. Yeah. Oh God, it is. And the stunning. imagery and like yeah. when this movie started, we so we were watching this. You know, we had it cranked up. We were watching a very high quality version of it. It starts and it's got this like big black cityscape and it's like boom and like Akira pops up it's like the opening of this movie is top tier flashing it's so good I'm gonna say right now that the first 10 minutes of this movie are probably my favorite of any movie they're really really in in the world because unreal yeah you you get like they they just show you the city it's almost like drive you're you're looking over Neo Tokyo right after you see it blow up in in a huge nuclear explosion and they fast forward to 2019 and you just see this gang just shooting through the streets with their neon lights, and you just hear like yeah. these very like it's very cool, the almost like so cool, almost yeah. like historical so good, Japanese yeah. drums, just like yeah. Yeah, it's, it's taiko drums and like and weird chanting it's and shit. That's really cool. Every time I watch it, I've, I've watched this movie in the in the tens of times, and I still get chills every time. And I saw this at uh, Baxter. In their their main their main theater, and I was fucking losing it. Like tears were just streaming How, down my was eyes. Was that because of the smell of vision though? No. I, I, like, I had said this, it was really It smelled like an animal pen in there. It was disgusting. <laughs> but even of that. Of course it did. It that's was a midnight show. I know. <laughs> and dude, it was fucking packed. Yeah. But even with that, like, I was so focused on the movie. Kelsey kept looking at me and, like, trying to talk to me, and I was just staring right at the screen. Didn't yeah. fucking blink for 10 minutes. Uh, and uh, just, a like, friend of mine told me it was, like, incredibly to, incredible to watch in theaters. I believe it. <laughs> it I mean, the, the one thing that I really don't want to sell, despite the issues that I might have with this movie, or the one thing I don't want to sell short, is that this movie is visually astounding. Like yeah. one of the best looking animated features I've ever seen. Yeah. It's probably my favorite animation before. You still so. haven't seen uh, Into the Spider Verse, which I think gives it a run for its money. I've got a lot of other Seriously. stuff. I'm not a huge uh, anime boy, but this is one that. But hit this, me. this is like, and one of my issues with anime is a lot of times like the the cheapness of the the animation. Right. It's all very yeah. like stilted and like static, and this is absolutely not. Like it's incredibly dynamic. It feels you can feel that there are like a million cells passing each time that an action takes place. Like it's fluid. It's it's crazy. Like. The, the colors, the use of colors in this movie are uh, uh, phenomenal. Like the, the mm-hmm. opening scene, especially where we've got the taillights zooming across shit and like the, yeah. the use of the spotlight as the people are dodging in between them, like just looks outstanding. And of course, the background is all animated as well. Yeah, that's, that's the thing is that as we're talking about it, like I'm realizing that my favorite things about this movie are not even really the story. Like I think that a lot of the, the my favorite parts of this are obviously the technical aspects, the visuals, just the world. And that's why I like Blade Runner so much yeah. is that the world is so interesting. Every time you watch it, you're getting a little bit more of that world. But I think that like I don't want to dive too much into it, but like I, I love obviously all the, the 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 imagery and the subtext, like with the the, the bikes and of course the explosion uh, at the beginning and of course Akira and all the little actors. But 
I feel like those are just like uh, seasonings. Like those are great. Mm-hmm. Those are great to try to like interpret and watch again. But just just experiencing this movie is it's. I it's, I think I, that um there there probably is an interesting story here and and I I just don't think for whatever reason whether that's an adaptation thing it's or not communicated very well. No, no, it's not. And I think that that's probably the biggest flaw is that like mm-hmm. I think out of how many times I've seen this movie, which is a few, this is the first time that I watched it and didn't feel confused. And that's not a good sign. Yeah, I've seen it about three times, and this is the first time I didn't feel confused, too. Yeah. yeah. And, I, and I don't know, regardless of what the reason, whether that's because we've seen so much bullshit that we're able to, like, um, <laughs> extrapolate this movie, or if it just requires multiple viewings. It's not it in does. a good way. Some movies require multiple viewings, and that's in a kind of a good way, but this one's really not. I agree. Well, to, to me, what worked for me this time around was knowing what was coming next, knowing what Akira yes. was, like, because all of the the seasoning, like Blooster's calling it, is my favorite part of this movie. Like, you get the the uh crazy apocalypse cult or whatever uh, that's yes. like in the yeah, streets like yeah. painting on the the ground and shit and like saying oh akira's rising akira's rising and knowing how misguided they are for what they think it is is yeah. more intriguing the second it, time everybody's around misguided, than actually except for the this is like i think this is you, you really hit the nail on the head because i think this is the key thing i think that if they did a better job of making the reveal so to speak of yeah. akira and what akira <laughs> really is Something something about clumsy. that doesn't work. It's something very, about very that clumsy. doesn't yeah. come across really? like, oh shit, Akira's just. And then also the 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 idea that like you know in in Japan of course Akira is like a very common name, yeah, or at least it used to be. So like it it'd be like naming it Bob or something, right? <laughs> and 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 that works in something like Twin Peaks. It's like oh this evil entity Bob, but it's like these people just don't understand that Akira it, it is just this kid and, and I, I think like, that that's like an interesting reveal I guess I'll it disagree I like the reveal a lot because there's a couple scenes that lead up to it basically like we know that something's at the stadium we know the stadium's relevant and the, the, the military complex goes and checks it out and we see this giant piece of equipment that's housing Akira whatever it is and so like it has this mystique and then 20-30 minutes go by and then finally we break it I open feel that but then, way but then you just see I've little capsules it. but then it's just plot dumped to you like somebody literally sure. has to explain what you're seeing and and that that's kind of clumsy to me mm. because they've had so much time to build this up they've had so much time to, to work us toward a goal but this movie is just not goal oriented that's no, not its thing not like it is just kind of a journey and like Devin said like it's it's unclear who our main character is for a lot of it too like we spend a lot of time with Tetsuo I think he's boring as fuck but like <laughs> by the time that he actually goes on his rampage we don't know if he's our main character or if K is or if uh, Kaneda is or if the colonel is we spent so much time with all of them mm-hmm. and not toward anything in particular that you just kind of are waiting for the lights to flash again right just to give it like a little bit of leeway to the movie, I think that like there is at the time, at least there was this idea that like if you go to see a movie that's or, you know, watch an animation that's you've based on a it. manga, they assume you've yeah. read it. And that's true because to the point that like many uh, adaptations uh, of manga are like <laughs> things that uh, they adapt like an arc that happens right in the middle and they and that's it. Like, like there's a um, where they don't finish it. Right. I showed something to Brandon once called Bride of Deimos. It's a really cool, uh, like kind of artsy little anime. And, and, and it's it's interesting, but it, it's nonsense because they assume that you've seen the manga and that's super common. Is so I wonder if maybe weekend? what is that the one we watched this weekend? No, no, no. That's oh, okay. else. But um, 
I, I do wonder if maybe like it's just a different mentality. You it know, just, they, it, they assumed you've read it. it. It feels like it's just focusing in some interesting but not quite consequential areas for most of its runtime. Like mm-hmm. I like a lot of what I'm seeing in this movie, yeah. but it doesn't build up or amount to a whole lot. And that's a problem for me. Right. Again, I completely agree with you, Dylan. To me, this movie gave me a lot of vibes of heat without the mastery of yeah. the direction. Yeah. Because you get a lot of vignettes with little characters and like things going mm, on sure, in the world yeah. and like it's funny because politics in this movie are so important to the the plot i don't you, fucking know what that's well, the part i still don't understand you literally only yeah. see two scenes of politicians yeah. and that's a bummer because like i could tell that in the books there's so many great moments with all, all these things you were told are important and there's like all these protests yes. about like there, imperialism the, the rebel and, leaders and shit like there's a lot of shit going and I, on. I totally accept it like i recognize that this movie's super flawed but to me the whole is better than the individual bits. I, I get what you're saying yeah. like it, for for me i don't know if this is exactly that kind of movie but for me, my favorite movies, my favorite things are often very flawed. And I think that's because, you know, if you set out to do something and you have this very specific vision, it's not going to please everybody and it is going to have its problems. But I think that, like, it allows you to excel at certain things. And this movie does excel at certain things. It does, things. yeah. I, I think as an aesthetic experience, this thing is pretty much unmatched. But there's not a lot to it other than that. No, I was kind of hoping on my my rewatch to, to think, oh, there's actually a really cool plot hiding here. It's just not there. It is hidden, but you can't hidden, yeah. and you, you can't watch the movie and extrapolate. Yeah. Yeah, you'd have to you go have to, to other sources. Yeah. yeah, right. Yeah. Well, let's wrap it up. Um, I'll go ahead and go first just to, 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 to get my word in. Um, I fucking love this movie and everything these guys have said against it is completely true. So you need to know that. If you want to go and experience this, like if you're like Devin, you've been hearing about Akira for 20 years and you're making that decision to go see it, recognize it's super flawed and that first feeling might be miserable. Um, I'm not going to I'm not going to lie to you. And I will disagree with Dylan. I think that this movie has a lot of richness to it and not necessarily the things the characters are going to do on screen. But I feel like there's a lot of world to experience. Oh, yeah, and, I, and, I, and, I totally agree with you. There. And a lot yeah. of. I feel like there's a lot of things that are being told to you, not necessarily through our characters. So watch it. Just see what you think see what you experience but one thing none of us are going to deny is this movie is fucking gorgeous it's mm-hmm. a monstrosity of a movie it's absolutely breathtaking and i'm i don't use that lightly i think this movie is yeah, amazing there's right. so many times where i was watching it this last viewing i've seen this movie like 12 times and i wasn't speaking i was just fucking watching it man was talking to me i'm like yeah dude that's cool <laughs> but i've got a cure to watch and uh it just sounds amazing it's just it gives me chills to this day and it's just it's such a great movie and i think that great movies to me are ones where you can watch them over and over and over again and get something new or appreciate it more deeply or whatever get that same feeling over and over again that's like it's like that drug you know like we chase to get to get scared in a horror movie yeah. mm-hmm. this is the movie that every time i watch it gets more interesting and i fucking love it more each time um it's a gem for me and i, I just hope that you go check it out if anybody listens to this and goes and watch akira let me know i'm curious to talk to you about it um yeah what do you think bud uh yeah this is um for me actually when i when i watched this uh for me this has always been a movie that i think is probably the most famous and maybe the most important anime movie oh, ever yeah. made because yeah. i was trying to think of other ones that might be you know above that on some kind of list so then i just fucking googled it i was like most famous anime <laughs> ever akira was like number one on every list so I think ghost in the shell might be up there. that's gonna be up there too and perfect blue is gonna be up there too and then some of the miyazaki movies but so I guess what the way I want to put this is this. Uh, I, I've, I've said on this cast before, I'm, I, I grew up an anime fan, like a lot of people do, uh, and I've grown out of it. Or maybe not grown out of it, that's not a good way to put it. But I'm not as into anime as I, as I once was, to the point where it's kind of hard for me to sit down and watch an entire anime movie. But I did it for the cast, I did it for Bluster. Thank you, buddy. And if I was going to do it for any movie uh, other than those reasons, it would probably be for this movie. Because it is 
again somehow the most famous anime movie I think ever made that I that escaped me as a kid. So the way I'll put it is this: If you're an anime fan and you haven't watched Akira, you're an idiot and you're dumb and you fucked up. So you need to see it. Duh, go fucking watch it. If you're not necessarily an anime fan, but you do dabble in it when you watch like certain important ones, like the Miyazaki ones, the Ghibli ones, then yes, see this as a movie, as an animated movie. It's fantastic. If you're not an anime to the where it's hard for you to sit down in a movie, that's where it gets a little iffy for me, because even though. This movie for me, the, the what 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 it's saving grace for me personally was that it was very nostalgic for me because I've probably forgotten sure, yeah. more late '80s anime movies than most people have seen in their lifetime. <laughs> so for me, it was just like a, a, a trip down memory road. It gave me all the vibes of all the movies I grew up watching, and even the down to the the very voice acting in the version that I had, which is the 2001 um, American voice acted one with really 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 well known voice actors at the time. All of that was working for me. If I didn't have that and I wasn't into anime, it's just to me another very a bigger version of an anime movie. Yeah. To, <laughs> to the very point to where the towards the end, as much as I was enjoying it, and as much as I I, I did enjoy it, I do enjoy it. Uh, it started to fall. It started to to commit the sins that a lot of anime movies do towards the end, where it started getting a little bit obtuse and out there and too big for its britches. It goes full on two thousand one at the end. I mean, yeah. yeah. So and then I was like, no. And I think, that, I think the baby imagery literally has to be commentary. It was. It was. It was. Yeah. Oh yeah, you brought sure, two thousand one. Yeah. yeah. There was a lot of there was a lot of little things that I saw either borrowed that it borrowed or was borrowed from. But anyway, this movie is a very very important movie if you enjoy animation at all, and of course specifically Japanese animation. Japan animation. Japan animation. And for me, it was it was very nice to kind of go down memory lane with this kind of movie. I wouldn't normally do it unless I had to for the cast. And it was, I mean, it's a great fucking movie. It is a great movie in its own right. It's top tier anime um, movie, uh, top tier animated movie as far as just a full on movie goes. If it's your cup of tea, you might love it. So I'm going to give it a gem. Um, with the big caveat that it depends how into animation you are in general or Japanese animation. Mm-hmm. Manton. Oh, is it me? Are you sure? Oh, I, I, I'm still used to it. Little dogs trying <laughs> to bark up the tree it. here. Excuse me. <laughs> Dev, the only thing I'll say is I would have killed to watch with you. I'm super sad that uh, that you were not feeling oh, this, I, this I, weekend. I should also give the caveat that I watching all three of these movies has been like a fever dream this week because I've quite literally <laughs> yeah. been sick for all three of them. And they're the worst I can kind see of, that being really weird. I'm so sad that you've been sick. The best kind of movies to watch in that vote. Even when you came up for Blade yeah, Runner. Yeah, it's hard to say whether that's the best or the worst. I'm so sad that Dev was sick this week because I literally have been giddy this like whole like a couple like month leading up to these episodes i couldn't wait to, to put these on anyway yeah i'm I mean, glad you enjoyed it absolutely yeah manton god damn it <laughs> manton buddy, i'm not saying a word what's, what's your review <laughs> <laughs> um yeah i i i like akira um i it, it's a tough one because i love this movie aesthetically i love this movie on on certain levels i love this movie um but it's not even <laughs> To be totally honest, like it's not even my favorite anime that we've reviewed. I think yeah, I, I like Perfect, Perfect Blue, Blue more. Head and shoulders above this. And you know it, that, but that, but that's the thing too, right? Is that like there is this does this does have a special something, and and this does capture like a certain nostalgia or and like a certain feel to it, and 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 I like it as a thing. I I really do, but it's just it doesn't. Um, it, it it doesn't utilize some of the other aspects of anime that I think are are often really really well done, which which is, you know, you have this opportunity to use animation to tell some a, a kind of story that you can't tell with a standard live action film, and you know heightened emotion and heightened drama, and there's basically no drama or stakes or emotion in this at all, 
which is kind of a bummer, you know, because that's one of the key things that I think is enjoyable about anime in, in particular. Um, but that all does kind of doesn't matter because this movie is a, a treat to watch. And I, and I think that anybody that is in, into movies at all should definitely check it out. It, it's it's worth seeing if, if it plays at your local theater or something like you, you're crazy not to see it just because it, it is a it is a treat um, visually and uh, audio wise too. Um, yeah, it, it's it's good. But it, it's not one of my top favorites. It's a gem. Word. Dylan, please finish. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I tried so hard I to restrain myself. I saw what you did there, buddy. Dylan? Uh, yeah, so I, I'm kind of the opposite of Devin. I did not grow up on anime. I was friends with Devin in middle school, watched him watch anime, and was like, I, I don't get this. <laughs> and I don't, now he's the biggest nerds. anime fan ever. Well, so. no. I'm not, not going to say that I'm the biggest anime fan ever, but I am coming around to it lately. I'm starting to realize that there is anime that I really like. Perfect Ooh, Blue was I've really big on that. Things for you. Still man. love my Ghibli stuff, and I'm, I'm getting into some, some manga and stuff here and there. Jinji Ito, of course. And it was with that that I was really excited to come into Akira and be like, maybe I was wrong about this when I saw it, you know, as a kid and I didn't get it. Uh, But I did. I think I got it. And uh, there's not a whole lot to get. But I don't want that to sell short what an accomplishment this movie is. Like, it is one of the best looking animated movies ever made uh, and just an absolute visual treat uh, and and just aesthetics in general. Like the fact that Blutster wants to model himself off of Canada and wear that jacket. Like I get it. I fucking get it. God like, damn, The clothes in this movie are just, Oh, the, the fashion, super, even so just the tight. most boring clothes they wear. Super, everything so is so tight. Well, movie. and that's the thing is like the, the tightest part of this. And I mean that literally like not just well tight, but like the, the tightest constructed part of this <laughs> the is details, the world. Yeah. The details in this yeah. thing are just masterful. And I wanted the camera to pan away from boring ass Tetsuo and his rage revenge to, let us focus on something else in this world, something else uh, worth following a character worth following. And we never really get that. And that's unfortunate to me because this movie just kind of overstayed its welcome for me. And I was like, yes, this is pretty. Yes. This sounds amazing. But what else you got? (laughs) Uh, And so while I, I I liked it, I I, I will say I liked it going through this one and I have some newfound respect for it. Um, I still don't think my opinions much different. Uh, I think that it's overrated in some ways, but definitely deserves to be remembered mm-hmm. as a classic just in terms of its its visual accomplishment. Uh, so it's a light gem for me. Not huge up on my list, but uh, I totally get it. Yeah. Okay. It's so funny. I feel like uh, on the special episodes, like we're all so much sweeter. About, about well, I mean, we're literally picking They're movies. Also great movies. Movies. I, I know. Yeah. I love it. it yeah. But also, like, this movie wouldn't work on the old cast, and I totally recognize it. Um, I actually, I think this one has some, some huge horror aspects well, to it. Well, yeah, like, but I mean, like, just our normal review format, like, D- Dylan was saying, like, as a movie, it's flaw- horribly flawed and boring. Like, I'm giving that it would my... That would get shredded. Like, I would shred that movie. I would shred Akira first time I watched it. I don't think anything this good looking would ever it not get, get on shredded. That. Yeah. Maybe, I, maybe we haven't I think I'm giving, I, uh, some of my reviews are being a little bit more objective than I than I normally would be. Good. No, and I want you to be. You'll probably see that. I want you to be. Well, I mean, when I say objective, I mean like i'm saying like i recognize this is this good is oh yeah, I, yeah. I would say like contextual like you're you're, sure. but you're taking also, all the elements in. i mean notoriously we've shit on stuff that is objectively exactly good. Yeah, right. I know that, but i'm gonna sure. be nicer on this one yeah. i appreciate that um so let's we're already getting a little long here so let's move on uh blade runner 2049 get a little long this uh nice. i haven't been long in my whole life um, okay this movie to me was it, it's amazing to me how quickly this shot up my list and I just want to like set the stage for what I was going into when I saw this in theaters. Yeah, I, this, this was like a, a crazy buildup. I remember like yeah, just this was a fucking roller coaster the, going from like the production hearing about this and hearing little details leak and, and seeing the director's mm-hmm. previous works and stuff like that. So I'll, I'll tell my version of that story. So Blade Runner was a movie that I saw many, many years ago. I've liked it. 
and again, like Akira, I've recognized it's super flawed. To me, Blade Runner is boring, but what makes yeah. Blade Runner so important is the world that it builds and yep. just the the questions that it asks. And, and of course, if you, I mean, if you fucking like that style, uh, uh, like Tech Noir or uh, what are it they? Gave for? birth to Cyberpunk. Cyberpunk, I mean, thank you. Yeah. That's what I was going for. Yeah. And there's that, that that graphic novel that did it too. But Cyberpunk, this movie basically popularized and brought it to the mainstream. Everyone's like, holy shit, I need this, right? And it gave yeah. a name and a concise set of pictures to go hey this is how you model it right and the new Blade Runner it has to do so much to justify its existence as soon as I heard about it I'm like fuck you why are you making another yeah, Blade Runner that was my reaction too it, 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 sure there's room to improve but how are you going to have a visual style that can they can, it won't just cop on the old one right how how can you ask those questions without just rehashing the same shit and then I heard about Dennis, Dennis Villeneuve and I, I, I watched Sicario with Devin I'm like okay this guy's good but can he do sci-fi? And then I saw Arrival. I'm like, holy shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This guy might have it. And then he's putting Ryan Gosling. And I'm like, wait, Ryan Gosling's from The Notebook. What the fuck does he... Like, <laughs> At this point, you've also seen from Drive. Drive. I saw <laughs> Drive. But I, but, but I needed two data points <laughs> to make sure he was worth it, right? And so, I don't know. I was super... So what you meant was, what you I favorite? saw The Notebook and I was sold. I ne- I've actually never seen The Notebook. But I'm like, Ryan Gosling, he, he whatever. He's done some weird stuff, right? Yeah. So I wasn't, I wasn't sold on him being yeah, the main character. Yeah. But as soon as this movie started, I'm like oh my god they're doing it and as soon as the movie ended i'm like holy shit <laughs> they, they did, it. did it and i was trying not to be hyperbolic when i walked out of the theater i'm like that might Dude, be I, I literally walked out of the theater in tears like yeah megan was like are you okay it was, was fucking like, oh boy it, it, this movie affected me from the first viewing i watched it again that same week and i've watched it two or three times since this movie has quickly become one of my favorites of all time and it has earned its place so with that dev first time f- viewing it yeah. How, how do you introduce this movie? Uh, I, I'm going to uh, synopsize it uh, as if you haven't seen a Blade Runner movie. Because it's probably wise. Yeah. A, a lot of it's people good. probably haven't. I mean, in, until a year ago, I hadn't seen either one, and now I've seen them both. Um, so in the universe of, of Blade Runner, you have these replicants. They're created by a big corporation, and they're basically robot slaves that look like humans. Um, and then in the first movie, what happened is these slaves were not well-designed enough um, to where they started to kind of um, attack their... They go rampant. They go rampant. That's a good way to put it. So what happened in this universe in the first film is you had to get these quote-unquote Blade Runners who were people, basically bounty hunters, to go find these rogue replicants and then eliminate them. So that's kind of your first Blade Runner. And this one, Blade Runner uh, 2049... You now have two kinds of replicants. You still have the rogue replicants from way back when who are out hiding. Um, And then you have this new, more polished replicant, which will not, as we, or at least as described, they're not going to go rogue. They're not going to have the same flaw as the original replicants. So you have our main character, who is Ryan Gosling. Is is that what's his name? K K or something? K. K. Agent K. Uh, Ryan Gosling is one of the new replicants who is out to find the rogue replicants uh, as a blade. He's a replicant slash blade runner. So he's, he's basically hunts like, his own people. He hunts his own people. And uh, it's quickly discovered that maybe replicants are able to reproduce, which was never part of what should have happened. So once this is discovered, obviously people are flipping their shit. And the number one priority or objective now is to hunt down the one child replicant that would be proof that replicants are able to reproduce. Um, so that's Kay's task. And of course, he's going to learn a lot of stuff about himself and, uh, and everything along the way. Sounds so, like a nice journey. Dev, you, you <laughs> nailed it. Uh, one thing I'll add is that uh, these are in the same world. And one of the big mm-hmm. events that happens between the two movies is the great the blackout. blackout. Yeah. Um, 
basically to kind of blur the little lines a little bit more about Devin was saying is, is that replicants back in the day were trying to be as human as possible. Right, right. More and, human than human. And the way that they protected themselves against replicants was to give them a, a very short lifespan, just a few years. And what happens, of course, humans, as soon as you, you know, throw them into slavery, they're going to try and rebel, right, and try to get out. And of course, that's why replicants went rogue. And so after the blackout, they outlawed replicants. And what they did is they said, uh, what's his name? Uh, the, played by Jared Leto. What's his fucking name? Uh, uh, Jared Wallace. Leto. Wallace. Yeah, yeah Wallace. Wallace, yeah. Wallace comes into the world right after the blackout and creates a new source of food and makes a huge megacorp. And he's like, hey, we need some more labor. Uh, we can make replicants again. They're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Those things are going to kill people. And he's like, no, no, no. I'll program them to be dumber and more subservient. So basically they brought them down a level to make them less human. And yeah. that's why you have K who's like a fucking weird robot. Yeah. Yep. I, I love, especially that like one of the things the, the first one is notorious for is the question of is Deckard a replicant? Like that's the, you know, one of the first, like, I don't know, chat mm-hmm. room sort of things that people mm-hmm. were like, Oh man, I, I wonder. I, to be and fair I to that, that I, th- I think, I actually think that the it's way that it's handled really well. Yeah. And, and, Oh yes. And until fucking Ridley Scott had to come back and it's, start it's talking fault. about it. Fuck whatever he does, has to say about matter. anything for the, the rest of his I, goddamn life. I but, uh, but I love that immediately this movie plays its hand by telling you, no, Kay's a replicant. Like yeah, our, the, our main yeah, character yeah, yeah. here, our Blade Runner, he is. There's no question. And that is such a, a, a genius turn to put like the idea of basically like a, a slave runner who is also a slave into this like is just this this immediately dynamic character. Well, uh, Brandon mentioned this, but like he he said, you know, how do you do this? How do you ask the same questions or whatever? The really smart thing is that they don't. They They're don't. Really, yeah. And, and and when we started this up, what does it uh, mean to be human? Isn't exactly what this exact, is about. Rachel, when we, before we started the movie, um, she was like, so is this going to be like, you know, Oh, what does it mean to be human? Cause that's like Blade Runner. And I was like, no, not really. That's not really this what one, this, this is one about. Just says, what does it mean to be? This is, this is a more complex or like a more, more so subtle more question, I yeah. guess. Well, one thing I'll, I'll even kind of to, to Dylan's point, I guess I wouldn't necessarily agree with, you know, this isn't about what it is to be human, but what I'll say is, is that not in the way that they, Blade Runner one. Right. Yeah. Much, more subtle and 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 hidden in the weeds but one thing i love about how they introduce k is they're like hey he's a replicant everyone's already shitting on him right the rest of the movie as soon as they get it out of the way they never bring it up again really and the rest of the movie is basically watching him do his thing and realizing this dude is more human than most of the people in this movie and just through his actions he you start to see the lines blur even though you know he's a replica. I want to even start chronologically too with the opening scene of this movie is a goddamn masterclass. Oh boy. Uh, yeah. where uh, Batista. Dave Batista, who yeah. is quickly becoming one of my favorite men in Hollywood. He's I love, love the yeah. shit out of him. Yeah. Uh, but he shows his range here in a really yeah. good, small, but really good dramatic role as one of these rogue uh, uh, replicants that he tracks down. Yeah. Uh, and, and this first scene between them is, is just amazing. Like, Kay kind of not really willingly wanting to put him down saying like, you know, if taking you in as an option, I'd prefer to do it that way. And, 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 you know, uh, Sapper Morton, his character, you know, saying like, you've, you've never witnessed a miracle. You're, you're, you're happy to just scrape the shit off of people's shoes. And, and they're like, not loathing for each other, but pity for one another in this scene it's as they're beating sad. the shit out of each other. Um, it's so Batista's sad. Batista's part in this gets better, not only uh, obviously in multiple viewings, but I think that like by the end of the movie, I think you really realize just how much his character set everything in motion. Yeah. Um, it's amazing and, how much you think about those first scenes. His, his character, goes. though he's only there for a short time, he's very important. Maybe he five plays the role very well. Maybe. Yeah, yeah I, I don't even know how long he's there, but. Basically, once uh, once uh, Sapper Morton is retired, uh, 
Gosling goes out, Agent K, and he reports to his, his boss, and he notices there's like a flower in the ground. So he tells his scanner robot to check the tree, and they find a fucking crate there. And that's what, uh, I can't remember if it was Dev or Manton that brought it up, but that's where they find the, a body in there. They find the body to the replicant that gave birth, and then mm-hmm. the entire world just fucked. The police are like... Well, it's, it's like very hush-hush because the, uh, the, the, the leader, I don't know what you'd call her, of the police, the, the, yeah, the boss of the police is oh, like... What's that actress's name? This, Robin Wright, badass as always. Yep, she's she's cool as fuck. Um, she's just like, this cannot get out because it, it, rightfully so. Like This is the lie on which the world turns. Like, yeah, yeah. Right. This, this could really start a lot of shit, and uh, this, this has to keep quiet. And so he's kind of, yeah, like he's kind of tasked with figuring this all out and unraveling everything. And I think what is smart about this is that, like, it doesn't really try to do the same sort of... <laughs> It, it was tough because we, we, we all kind of thought like this is going to be kind of more of the same both like visually and, and everything else about this really everything about this is different yeah. but it yes. still feels like Blade Runner yeah, it feels it, it feels like an honest earned you know seek I don't know if you call it a sequel but another entry into the in, world in without head, harping on the original the, the, the re- one reason one of the many reasons why I know I wouldn't be fit to make this film is that in my head I was picturing you know oh we're going to have these neon seascapes and it's going to be synthwave soundtrack and all that stuff right this is not at all this what is, this is this is what cyberpunk should be which is depressing as it's fuck. so depressing like, it's this, this movie this, you do not want to exist in this world it is miserable yeah. it, it is very gray and horrible looking and so, sometimes has a lot of color but like fuck this movie looks so goddamn good in like a totally new yeah. and different way i think this is one of the first movies that i've i've watched uh where i kind of just thought to myself like man like cg has gotten basically seamless yeah like oh, yeah. the sequences of him flying around and in, in his car and like i don't know it's just some they they did they pulled off some fucking magic with this well the one thing i want to say here is i mean just like blade runner just like akira you know the originals this movie has a world it's just fucking dense yeah like it's so so dense like i love uh you know we keep talking about that first scene but from the moment you start watching the movie you're like oh my god they're gonna pay a lot of attention to stuff that doesn't fucking matter at all Saver morton is literally in like this huge he has a huge farm that he's maintaining right you see it for three seconds he's in a huge room that that cleanses him for five a, seconds a grub farm it's a protein farm and he has like a whole outfit he this, has a whole building right all the stuff is just to sell this image of this, him but this is the thing seconds. right is that it does matter because we can remember all it, of it, it does I, I can remember this is a three-hour fucking movie it's like so long yeah. 20, 20 49 minutes and and for somehow <laughs> i i still remember every fucking i, I second. say that because in another movie these are details that you would just wash over right he just needs to be in a room done cool move on but like every outfit in this movie every computer every terminal every fucking piece of dirt on the ground yeah Ma- Megan mentioned placed. this as we were re-watching this but she said this is kind of brilliant in the way that it takes the jump from the future of blade runner that this is a future of the eighties. Like this is the imagination maybe like 20 years later of where we left off with the other imagination of the future of the eighties. We still have, there's little bits in there. Like there's still a Soviet block. Like there's, there's stuff that they're selling. That's from like the, the, the Soviet union. Hmm. And there's like, there's, you know, computers that look like they're just a little bit more fancy version of some of the very basic (laughs) stuff. Like DOS, like a DOS from the eighties. No, but it makes total sense. Like this is the sort of thing that we don't get out of like the prequels as much as Blutster loves them of the the shiny (laughs) fast ships that don't fit into the world that was previously. No. Yeah. That, that is ultimately respectful. That bothers me so much about the prequels, how everything looks newer and the prequels makes no goddamn sense. Anyway, what the big, the, the biggest improvement of this movie over the original to me, as much as I love the OG, um, is just a very, very compelling 
just clear plot. Yeah. As soon as we find the crate with the bones and they're like, oh my God, this is a replicant that gave birth. We need that fucking baby. That pretty much propels the entire movie and you have two sides competing to get this baby, both with very interesting and compelling reasons to do it. And like, that is the biggest thing this movie has uh, to me. It's also what? got characters. Yeah, so of course. Uh, well, that's, well, that's, well I, that's one of my big shots against the first Blade Runner. Oh yeah, There's yeah. Like two I, I have some movie. big problems with that. But but uh, while I was watching this, like I I started thinking about Dylan while I was watching this. Um, okay. <laughs> Don't lie, you're always thinking about Dylan. You freak. So I was continuing to think about Dylan while I was watching this, and uh, I I was thinking basically like, why does Dylan like this movie? And and that was kind of my thing that I was thinking. And I why why are you thinking that? <laughs> well, I, I guess the reason why is that it's very long, and there's lots of. This scenes is typically not my shit. Oh. There's lots God. Of scenes that run very yeah. long and it you know it takes its sweet time and it kind of like lingers you know, yeah it lingers a lot of, a lot of scenes linger and that's not usually uh dylan's thing but i think that the reason why and i think that the reason why that this probably would work for a lot of people is that um it's there is like a sort of uh, multiple layers that you can sit there and think about and you can if you're the type of person to like kind of unravel a film you can do that with this but you do not have to No, this ha- this has like a very clear cut narrative that if you just want to sit down and watch a movie you're going to you're going to get something out of this it also it smartly has there's not a lot of action scenes in this movie I don't want to sell that this is an action I forgot movie at all. how little action yeah, yeah. Very, but the, very little, the stuff yeah. that's in here is exceedingly well done too and yep. I think one of the most brilliant things they do is add the character of love who is this uh, this replicant employed by uh, Wallace mm-hmm. who's just an incredible character by herself super badass and an, like a threat through the whole thing but a different threat depending on how they need to use her and every time that she's injected into the movie she not only builds the threat but she also builds the world around it yes. and and our understanding of what a replicant is too she is such a cool dynamic character uh and and i love every scene that she's in i also uh this was my second time watching it um and uh i also really like the character of joy dude this is my favorite part of the movie. I, I, I weirdly like when it first started, I was like, what is with joy? Joy is basically like this, um, like computer girlfriend that he has. It's for, like a hologram companion. Yeah. You, you buy her yeah. and you can upgrade her and she does the stuff in your house. Importantly and, from the Wallace corporation too. Yeah. 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 She's, 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 she's your, your E girlfriend, but man, this character, this, so this, good. this is so, so smart so, so to good. me. And and I and I don't even know if I can get too much into it without like spoiling no, stuff. Yeah. But I but I think that like by the end of the movie, like the amount of questions that they raise yes, with her, questions. they they start raising those questions that you know they kind of touch on in the first movie, but they take it to a new level with Joy. And I as I was watching certain scenes with this, I was like, God damn, what does that mean? Like there, what? There was one scene you all know, but like my mind was melting just thinking of the the, the just the implications, the, the fuck, the mind fuck of all of the interactions happening, like. The thought of an android having a computer girlfriend is just hilarious. Well, and and that sounds like uh, funny on paper, right? Oh, like he's got that. But it is tragic. Like it is a super, super sad part of the story. And again, because they treat it with such respect, like Joy is a character that becomes super important to both to everybody. And both Ryan Gosling and Anna de Armas, who plays Joy, sell the shit out of every scene that they're in. And and it raises those questions like. Obviously, we've already answered some of the questions of what is a replicant? What does it mean to be human? This is that next step that the movie takes where it's like, <laughs> yeah. okay, well, what does it mean for this? Then? Like, like, yeah, it's what like, is, what, what is, what is sentience? And, what is yeah, sentience? Yeah, what is love? Like, 
and baby don't hurt me you know it's, it's, it's <laughs> god i fucking every scene with joy in it i think is just a goddamn yeah, masterpiece yeah. that the whole question of like what is human one of my favorite scenes is uh madam the police chief comes to ryan gosling's like shitty little apartment yeah uh just to kind of get updates on the case and to kind of blow some steam off and there's some cute little like interplay there like you know what if we had sex i like that but man she, it's so so subtle but i, I love I, I was wondering if that was that. just me no, where, no where for she, sure she looks like she like, she's like maybe what if I, has fucked I mean, him yeah, she's like, like what right. if i finish this bottle um but my favorite thing about that scene is like the lie that she tells herself uh i I can't remember they were talking about memories right memories is a huge element of this movie we haven't talked about it but the idea of of having memories kind of makes you human right so whenever androids are or whenever the replicants replicants are created they're injected with fake memories right right and uh, he's telling a story about one he has as a kid which is of course super important to the movie but um uh, then they bring up like the idea of like a soul. He's just like, well, I guess you know if you're born, you have a soul, right? And and Madam's just like, this line. she's just like, she's like, yeah, you've been getting along fine without one. And <laughs> and and she says, uh, or like basically implying that like, yeah, soul's what makes you human, right? It's like taken so seriously, but it's just so like, it's such a weird concept, especially given everything you've seen in the movie so far. Well, it's, it just sells her relation to it. It sells other people's relations to replicants and, it how, sells, and how they look at them, basically. Yeah, just like what Kay thinks of himself, like the amount of abuse that's lumped on this guy. But not in a like hangdog sort of way. Like he is, I love, love, love he, Ryan he's Gosling. An, he's an just, object to people, basically. But he's I so mean, fucking optimistic. It just makes you compelled to keep following. Man, the, the, this character is is great because I think it would be very easy. We were talking about the strange drive. It's like technically in both movies he plays a character that's very stoic and yeah. just stands there and does nothing and robotic but they, they feel very different very, very, very different, different roles like yeah. one feels like a psychopath and one feels like an actual human being that just ha- happens to be a robot um but but like k i think it'd be so easy to like push him too far in one direction like right oh him you know jokingly smiling or like you know like like terminator style or like him um <laughs> being too robotic like Right. This is done well, so perfectly well. It, it's so good, and it's like he is such a melancholy kind of tragic character, but like Blutzer said, yeah. also really optimistic. And he has to be because, as much as this movie, like, not a huge spoiler alert here because it's in all of the promotional stuff, but Deckard Harrison Ford shows up again in this yeah. thing. I wish uh, I could. We, we I all kind of wish that. that I wish there was a way I didn't know, I know. that watching <laughs> but, it, but, but okay. like looking Everyone at the knows. cover of the yeah. movie, no, no, you know you'll that know. he's there. But, but this isn't his story. This isn't the story of the things that you think this is about. It is K. And like everything hinges on that to the point where when this movie ends, uh, like I said, I walked out of this movie in fucking tears. And every time I play this still just like can't can't contain it just sob like a fucking child the ending is such just a fucking roller coaster of everything and just how it ends i'm just i'm so i, I love the ending so dad really you've been good. quiet i'm curious to see what you think about 2049 bud i mean again I'm, I'm it's not what i choose right now it's how i feel but um if you want to i can give my review right now yeah. that's about all i got of me that's oh, okay okay well this one there's there's, there's a couple reasons why i'm mom one of the main reasons is i I'll say it right now. I'm not a big Blade Runner fan, and uh, like I said a year ago, today I hadn't seen either Blade Runner. Um, so finally, I got around to seeing Blade Runner, and I didn't build any expectations. It's not like you know the reason I hadn't seen it is just because I just never got around to it. Mm-hmm. So my roommate finally forced me to do it, and I was like, yeah, I mean, I like this. It's 80s cyberpunk rules, like you know Harrison Ford rules. 
It was a little let down. It, it was boring. Like, I think we all feel yeah, that Like way. Dylan said, it was a little I, boring. I still love it. I mean, it, it, there was only, it felt like there was only two characters. And what, what shocked me, like we all know now, is that it was so little. It was very minimal, mm-hmm. uh, stretched out over a long time. Yep. And yes. I think that works with these movies. And that goes to this one, too. This one, not a lot happens for me. And it's stretched out over three hours. And I think that works with the movie. Um, for me... I don't quite love that, and I think the the, the the problem is I just I don't love the the Blade Runner universe, and that's why it took me so long to get around to finally seeing the new one, despite Dillis Villeneuve being one of my favorite directors currently. But the movies that I like that he does are the more grounded, real, gritty things that I can really grab onto, including Arrival, which, despite being technically science fiction, is so grounded. It's yeah, it really it's like is. an alien or something where it's all real except right. for this fucking spaceship. Um, and this one is a complete um, uh, step away from that to where it's full on sci-fi. And this other thing's going on, and I don't want to even compare these that much, but I'm just burnt out on big, epic sci-fi movies. And this one is so unlike the ones that you're probably thinking of right now when I say that, but it's just not my shit right now. The same way that Game of Thrones wasn't my shit when that came out because I was so burnt out on big medieval things. Um, <laughs> right now, this is Lord mean, of the Rings. Think of the movies I just chose last week, man. They're fucking. There's a, a modern Western bank robber movie. There's a, a pretty modern bank robbing movie. This could and be further. You, you from gave those. us the longest movie we've ever watched. Exactly. Yeah. I, oh, he, I, oh yeah. Sure. I beat this slightly. But my point is, those are so real. That that shit you can see and be like, that can actually happen. And I'm my my mind is just not reacting to these big sci-fi movies these days that's why mm-hmm. I st- and again i don't want to compare it to the avengers or anything but there's a reason i just stopped watching all those movies seven eight nine ten years ago it's just mm-hmm. I, I i really can only get my fix currently at least recently to really grounded stuff so although i recognize the greatness of this movie and i recognize the craft of it i think they chose the right guy i'd love to see him do more um, he's doing Dune. He's doing Dune, which luck. I'm so excited. Uh, and I, and I if anybody can make it's a literally I, unadaptable book, I, I, I don't, don't see how anybody's going to do it. I, I'm not a fan of that. I, I want to see him do a horror movie, actually. I feel like he's dabbled in that with other movies like Sicario Kinda and, with Enemy. and Prisoners as well. Ooh, I love Enemy. Yeah. You guys need to see Sicario and Prisoners still. Um, I need to see Prisoners. But, uh, yeah, yeah. Yes, yes. Anyway, that's, that's the villain who I liked. I'm not a big fan of Blade Runner. I'm not a big fan of, of, of big epic sci-fi so for me i enjoyed it for what it was but it's just not my cup of tea right now i'm gonna give it a light gym for as far as my 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 experience goes but that sounded like a stinker again no 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 my experience i enjoyed watching it i'm, I'm kind of playing a little bit of devil's advocate but it's not a movie i can see myself revisiting um but objectively i think it's a, it's a feat i mean i think it's a fucking great accomplishment and a strong gym but it's just not my thing right now and I, I was gonna say Manton but I'm not I, I, can, I tell. can tell I was <laughs> I, I knew you were about to yeah um yeah that's that's a that's a bummer um I, I'm curious if you ever will revisit it I like, might I might let me know because I, I was hearing you say things like uh it doesn't feel grounded and to me this is the biggest sci-fi movie like you said but it does feel yeah. it's certainly more grounded than, than the ones that I'm kind of comparing it to but Absolutely. obviously not in content it's more entrenched in the same kind the of message. issues we're sure. in, and the message that we're having sure. so I don't sure. want to discredit or cheapen sure, sure, sure. um man what do you think bud uh yeah I, I weirdly I feel sort of the opposite of Devin where I think that like this movie to me is very much in line with this other stuff where it's this grounded thing that just happens to be in a different world and I don't view this as like epic or or anything I think this is a very small scale story and uh, it's very grounded for me so that that was that's kind of a surprise to hear that but 
this is a really, 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 really good movie. Um, I I remember watching it in theaters was such a, a weird experience because you know there were so many expectations and and mm-hmm. this was so different than than I thought and it, it was such a weird process watching this so because I I think you know I think we all kind of agree about the original Blade Runner even I don't really um, like it. I, I I respect I, it, but I don't really like it. This is what I'll say for my for my opinion on the original is that I love it, but it is for very almost superficial reasons. Yeah, um, for sure. I think the ending is fucking yeah, yeah god god tier. I think yes. I I think the ending one is the like one of the best things I've ever seen, and I think about that scene all the time, and it and it makes me want to cry anytime I think about I it. Remember the ending. It, it is God on the roof. It is God tier in my opinion. Like and tears the, in the rain. The, Come on, that line is improvised, which makes it all the more impressive. I wish I could suck his dick for saying that. Um, it's so good. Yeah, uh, but as a whole, I think the movie is is kind of boring, and uh, it, it it looks it's cool. It's cool as fuck. Don't get me wrong. It's cool, but it, it's it's whatever. It, mostly, this one I think very very smartly did so many things very very differently. It still feels like it's Blade Runner. It still feels, you know, not not that I think it had a huge uh, obligation to be a part of that universe, because ultimately I don't personally care about the original Blade Runner that much. But they did. They stayed respectful. And what's incredible about it to me is that they actually retroactively enhanced yes. uh, Blade Same Runner enhanced. one. Yep. Um, for, <laughs> nice. For me, they, they, they enhanced the film because not only do they leave questions open-ended from the first film, but they also deepen those questions and add new questions. And and that's really what I want to see. And that's what I think uh, uh, this this director is so and writer are so good at is like, you know, arrival and, and things like that. Asking these questions, leaving them somewhat open-ended and uh, letting you kind of think your way through it while also just having like a, a solid straightforward story that that you can really just kind of get on your first watch and seeing it again I'm, I'm not someone that typically watches movies more than once honestly I, I really don't do that um, a lot of people talk about like owning movies you guys all have movie collections I that's not something I really do and I don't I don't know why that is necessarily but there, so when I do uh, choose to rewatch a movie, and I've been wanting to choose to, I just happen to be required to watch it this week. <laughs> You're welcome. Um, it, it's a rare occasion, and this is one that while we were watching Drive, I was like, I could fucking watch Blade Runner right now again. Um, I'm thinking about it. I I I, I love it. I, I think it's fucking great. It, it is one of my favorite movies, and if I could go back in time and steal this pick, I probably would have done that. Yeah. Sorry, but beat you yeah, to it. Yeah, uh, yeah strong gem. That's tight. Dylan, what do you think, man? I guarantee I would have stolen this pick from Blooster if he hadn't done it, because uh, this one, like, immediately after watching it, uh, I knew this is one of, like, my top five pretty much ever, uh, which is incredible, because going into it, I didn't have any expectations, really. I don't care much about the first Blade Runner, like mm-hmm. Manton said. Love it visually. Love that last bit. But it's just, like, whatever. It, it, it could have stood to be improved. It's not something I necessarily needed to be. And when this thing came around and just fucking put its foot down and said... Just pay attention. We got this uh, and and absolutely had me from moment one and has the the four times that I've seen it four times that I've seen a nearly three hour movie. <laughs> mind you, me, who typically really doesn't do that. Yes. Like there is something special here. And I, I agree. Like I can see what Devin's saying, but I also do disagree that this is a very grounded sci fi movie that if you take away the trappings of it, aside from the replicant stuff, aside from the A.I. stuff that just kind of pushes that into the future, the speculation. This is just 
a, a human story. Let me clarify. I'm saying I'm, I think this is a grounded sci-fi. <laughs> no, movie. yeah, yeah, for sure. I'm We're all firing I, shots like at you. I'm not. I'm not even firing movie. shots at you. I just I understand like the big bold this, sci-fi epic. This thing, is one of the most yeah. grounded sci-fi movies for I've sure. seen. Definitely. Yeah, yeah but it, this thing it it. it insists upon itself it mm-hmm. continues to insist upon itself and it respects you the entire time because it has a a story a message worth delivering and and does nothing short of deliver it in spades uh, i love every character in this movie i hate this world i would never want to live in it but i want well, <laughs> i want to be by their side through this journey as many times yeah. as they'll allow me uh and i just fucking love this movie with all of my heart uh it is the uh, one of the strongest gems i can give uh, I, I want to throw it on a rat brain level too. We didn't really touch on it. It's but fucking beautiful. It's beautiful. It's the first movie that I watched in 4K, and goddamn, it was incredible. But two, also the uh, sound is yep. mm-hmm. <sighs> in the fucking stratosphere. I I'll talk like a bit about the sound that. design is. Oh, you didn't review. That's right. My bad. No, no, you're totally fine. I didn't want to cut you off. I was just saying. I definitely want to mention that too. Okay. Um, these dudes nailed it, and honestly, like I can never say it as good as they did, but I want to point out that your boy gave a movie recommendation that <laughs> most of us love. You we, finally did it, buddy. Whew, I can finally Definitely. sleep tonight. I, I mean, all three everybody I liked. Three, you get yeah. all gems. Yeah. Well, I mean, there's been there's been you Let's know, just mixed not reactions. forget that this guy also gave us a live. That's right. Um, but I'm I'm recovering here. Uh, I did have anxiety about this episode a little bit because I was fucking <laughs> scared. But um, yeah, these, these guys have said it. But for me, this movie was super special because it was nothing like what I expected, but everything that I wanted in this movie and more. Like it is just an absolutely, you know, if you've seen anything from Villeneuve, it's going to be a great story. It's going to have an A and a B and he's going to fucking nail it. Right. But of course, what that, is an A and a B? You start at one point, you get to the end. It's oh, just okay. a very clear story. Fuck that A, he's gonna fuck that B. I, I he's gonna put it in any hole like, he can get. Are these characters we're talking? But about? what I'm what I'm trying to get at is no, like it's he, K, Brandon. He always nails his stories, and they're always so compelling in this weird, almost like easy to follow way. But what makes these movies so great is how rich and and complex they become as you mm. watch them, and like. There's so many sci-fi movies that are like, yo, well, what does it mean to be human? Like, that's cool. That's a hard question. And we've all thought about it. Who fucking cares? This movie poses the question in the first minutes and then literally just unfolds into this mind fuck of like, I, I, the lines are so blurred. And by the end of the movie, I like every time I watch it, I forget that I'm not just watching human characters because they don't, they don't constantly call attention to Mm -hmm. it. Like, it's just a story and Hey, people happen to be replicants. Some of them happen to be fucking holograms. Some of them happen to be real humans, but this movie is just such a treat to, to, to see and to listen to. We talked a little bit about it, but the soundtrack in this in this movie is so it's real good. It, it's almost low key in how oh, yeah. it blends into the world. Like where the original Blade Runner has has I love it's not gonna be like some weird original. synth wave. Right. Like, yeah. it's almost like the, it's almost like the opposite of Drive. Right, exactly. Drive has very iconic yes, and yeah. memorable sound, and you know, like I'm listening to a cool song right now. Absolutely, yeah. This movie doesn't have that, no, and it's in yeah. the best way. I mean, that's yes. so positively. One of my favorite shots is we we we've gotten a little bit of a look at, at like mm-hmm. at uh, twenty nine or twenty forty nine Los Angeles. But there's one scene. Where I want to predict what you're going to talk about. You already know it. Where I know it. The, the nighttime the scene with the uh, with the car snow going coming over down. the flood wall. It's, it's where it's where they're going into the the where the strip. That one are. too. Yeah, the um, car going over the flood wall is such good time. That's yeah. really yeah. tight. God. Yeah. But one of my favorite sounds. It's it's a song technically, but one of my favorite sounds. It's like a car engine sound. It's just like this. It's just, yeah, yeah. it's just this fucking omnipotent, disgusting, horrible, scary, yeah. terrifying sound. Yeah, and the it. first time I saw this movie, I was like, "Oh, that's what? Why is the city making that sound?" And you realize it's the fucking music. But they blend it <laughs> in, and it almost sounds like it's some mm-hmm. kind of diegetic sound. But the music plays to amplify the city. Basically, a lot of times it isn't even in the forefront. And like, fuck, this movie is so good. It's just, 
it is uh, it like Devin saying it's big it's it's a lot it's it's visually dense and just it's overwhelming in a lot it's of ways. overwhelming and I, I agree this is a big heavy movie not not I wouldn't recommend it to everybody even though no. I think this movie is fucking perfect nearly perfect and I don't know how it manages to be a Blade Runner movie and 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 pay homage to the original and not disrespect yeah, it at all it definitely and just carry the torch it really does and then throw that torch onto a fucking kerosene soaked nuclear warhead and just blow the shit up <laughs> like it just fucking nails it this movie is I, a masterpiece it's one a one tiny little thing i want to mention again is like the um they mentioned like there's not much action scenes but like when like violence shows up in it, this oof, it's like impactful. yeah that was strange there's a there's a scene uh where there's like someone basically shooting missiles from the sky oh, and yeah. you so see people's limbs flying off i was like wow this is fucked up but it's brutal it, it, it it's feels, realistic it, it's that's the thing yeah. it's like it feels very earned this movie is oppressively realistic and, and just Depre- like depressingly realistic yes, when yeah. you think oh this is the future from from the violence to the way people live just yeah. to the oh everyday. we have nothing to look forward to but the, maybe just a glimmer of hope this yeah. this movie sells like dylan says how much you don't want to live here like <laughs> the original blade runner you can kind of see it it's neon oh, it's this beautiful is this yeah, is yeah. like yeah, yeah that's cool tight. jackets yeah no this movie's yeah. like no it's cool looking but you're gonna be fucking miserable unless you're a filthy rich yeah. asshole um this movie is great. I hope if you listen to this, you check it out. It's a, it's absolutely amazing. Um, so yeah, four gems all around. Dev gave it a light gem. Usually we would have a game here, but this is the the special boy episode. We're not doing any games, but I think we're gonna hand off the torch to the next person. I'm gonna and, light it on fire. Is on it a nuclear you? Warhead. We also yep. gotta rank these. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, oh yeah, we we're do. gonna rank. Oh them. yeah, we gotta do our ranking game. Yeah. How do we do that again? Just, uh, I don't remember. just Each rank person each, ranks your yeah, team. Yes. Okay. Uh, let's just let's just go counterclockwise. Devin, did you say counterclockwise? <laughs> yes, he no. did. How, okay. how would you rank these movies? Uh, this one's tough. Um, I th- there's a clear uh, winner for me. Um, and and the, the other two, I. Uh, the last time I based it on what I would go home and rewatch, like the mo- like what would be the one that I would likely rewatch. So it's probably going to be a close one. I'd probably have a cure on three, and then uh, number two would be Blade Runner twenty forty nine. But for me, um, I think this is a lot. I mean, again, I just it, it's very different than 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 your all's. I think I would say there's a big gap between those two and and my favorite, which was Drive. And I've seen Drive a, a ton, of course. Sure. But Drive is a movie that a I would rewatch. B I have rewatched several times. <laughs> um, I can't see myself um, in the near future rewatching these other two unless. I feel like I'm an insane man a year from now and say like, why do I not like this as, as much as everyone else? Why? What did I miss? And I try to rewatch. I fucking Blade hope you 20. have that moment. And I, I think might. you should watch it in the But year I did do that as well with Get Out and <laughs> I felt the exact same way about Get Out the second time I watched it. So, but you've also been Babadook before. But I've been Bobby right. before. This one, and this one, I, it's not like I watched it and was like, I don't like this as much. It was more just like, it just wasn't resonating with me. Sure. I knew it was good. It just didn't do it for me. I was also fucking sick, so I don't know. So, I'm so anyway. bummed you were sick during it my sucks. week. It, it's I know, my it's, heart, it's, it's so okay. shitty. You better get better for mine, it's such, I know, I'm going to try. Um, but yeah, it'd be Akira, Blade Runner, and then um, definitely Drive for me. Uh, Tight. You're Devin, about to pass it over to me. I Go swear ahead. to God, <laughs> if you take, this is my time to shine, buddy. Let me have this. Uh, man, what's, what's your ranking? Thank you, Balutster, not Devin. Um, mine, mine's kind of uh, pretty easy, honestly. It's Blade Runner twenty forty nine, Drive, and Akira. Is that in reverse order or Blade reverse Runner third? Yeah. Uh, number one would. Sorry, yeah, I guess I did that. Yeah, wrong. this is so easy. I fucked it God up. Almighty. All right, I'll start over. Thank you, Balutster, for picking me <laughs> as the second person. Here I go. Number three, Akira. Number two, Drive. Number one, Blade Runner twenty forty nine. You nailed it. Second time's a charm, Dylan. Man stole mine. It's exactly that. It's uh, Akira. 
pretty far down in comparison to the rest oh. of these ones. I don't dislike the movie at all. I think no, it's, it's I, pretty I'm cool. With you. I'm but, with you, but. but the the gap between that and Drive, which is one of my favorite movies, and Blade Runner, which is one of my top five like ever, uh, is 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 smaller. Uh, I love yeah. both of those movies. I'd yeah. rewatch them and have many mm-hmm. times. Uh, but Akira, eh, it's okay. That's fine. Uh, mine's gonna be pretty different. Drive is my number three. Not because that movie isn't nearly perfect and one of my favorite movies of all yeah, time. Rewatched yeah. it many times, but it just doesn't. I don't think about it as much. Mm-hmm. My number two, Akira, one of my favorite movies. I recognize sadly as I've watched it, it's totally flawed, and I need to uh, read the manga because I'm sure that that's just gonna like get my boner even <laughs> thicker and juicier. Like it's gonna be even <laughs> more. It's about time, just bulbous. <laughs> um, I, I love Akira, and it's God, it's such a great watch, but it's definitely flawed. But of course, number one, Blade Runner. Just as good for the same reasons as Akira, but just does everything better. Like literally, almost everything better about it. It's a more more clear story. They're actually story. easy to compare. There's a lot yeah, that they're trying. Sure. It's the same. I think even like the story and locations and and just visuals very similar. Of course, yeah. different cities, but Blade Runner. It, it, it's just I don't know how it even got made. Right. I was watching an interview with Villanova. He's just like everybody around the project all agreed this guy knows what he's doing. We're gonna let him have. The freedom thank to God. advertise it how he wants and everything. I guarantee goddamn T you that. Is that right? Guarantee goddamn T you. That Villeneuve is a huge fan of Akira. A huge fan. I could see yeah, that. The, the dude's an anime fan in general. He talked about oh, it. Oh, really? I didn't know Because he had the Cowboy Bebop uh, animators do um, kind of like a short Shit. film. Um, oh, yeah, that's oh, right. Yeah, there's a, there's a Blade Runner anime. And he I talked, need to watch He talked about how big of a fan he was of that guy. So if you think he's a fan, you know, if he's a fan of that guy, you got to assume he's a fan yeah. of Akira. He's a regular right? otaku. He's definitely an otaku, too. Yeah. Well, hats off to him because you took Akira as your inspiration. You took Blade Runner as your inspiration. Two of the it. most famous sure. movies of all time. Yeah. And you're like... Two of Blooster's famous movies he knew. <laughs> middle Fingers Up. That's the only two movies I know. He put the middle fingers up and he just I don't know why he would him. put his middle fingers up. That's a weird guy. I know. Anyway, yeah, so that's... That's the rankings. We killed it. Uh, who's doing next week? Is I it Dylan it's or May? It's uh, Dylan. What so do you Dylan, got, Dylan? Are you going to reveal your movies? Yeah. Uh, so my three are not necessarily my tops ever, but I chose mine uh, kind of based on uh, moments of my my movie watching career and stuff okay. that stood out from those times. So uh, starting... You have a furthest, career in doing this? Yeah. No, I'm we professional. Here, We're both professional since he was 10. Because uh, a lot of my favorite movies are horror movies. There's, sure. it, and a lot of them are also stuff that you know other yeah. uh, you guys have already picked out. Um, my, uh, first one chronologically is, uh, one that my dad introduced me to when we had our Kung Fu phase, which is, oh uh, Jackie Chan's Legend yeah. of the Drunken Master. Holy yeah. shit. From 1994, That's Drunken awesome. Master 2, not to be confused with the original. Um, we were watching one and two? No. The, <laughs> Man, got so So I wait, say that again, you're confusing me. Here. Legend of the Drunken Master, otherwise known as Drunken Master 2. Uh, okay. Which uh, is 1994. So we watched the 90s, 90s one? Yep. Don't worry, we'll link okay. it in chat. We'll be all right. Yep. Uh, and, uh, so then going from that. Uh, when I started trying to watch really good movies in college, uh, one that still Boondock stands States. out for me. God, Garden fuck no. State. <laughs> fuck no. <laughs> one that really stands out for me still, uh, Unforgiven, the uh, Clint Eastwood Western from okay. 1992. Oh, I, I, have, I actually have that oh, ready, to, ready to, locked and loaded, it is, actually. Uh, it is, Deb's it is probably going to load that. That's a Devin pick. Yes, laser targeted to Devin. Uh, <laughs> I'm and probably going to hate that shit. My last one, a more recent one, a movie that uh, Megan kind of like hogtied me to watch because I was like, oh, I don't want to watch this sort of thing. And I fell in mm-hmm. love with it head over heels immediately uh is atonement from 2007 yeah. uh okay. a uh british period piece uh about romance in world war ii uh that nice. is just absolutely stunning uh so those this are my better favorite. not be like that fucking french this disaster. is gonna be boring it might be but hey you know what i mandated it 
I like I'm uh, it. even though I might not like these movies, I like your theme, Dylan. Like I, I like how each one's like like a moment in your life and what yeah. it meant. I'm very curious to see this. It's gonna be very personal. I feel like I should kiss you after this. Yeah, just you kiss every time. You I mean, you guys right kiss all the time. Come here. Come here. I fine. kissed a lot of a lot of boys that I know at Devin's <laughs> New Year's oh, Eve yeah. party. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh boy. And, and some you didn't. I've heard. <laughs> ah, there were some boys I didn't get to kiss that night. Um. Anyway, let's shut the fuck up. This is a long episode. Thank you so much for listening. As always, even though this isn't a horror episode, stay spooky as hell. Thanks, boys. I didn't want to say it over the microphone, but I at least.